Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. Hope everybody had a happy and safe uh, New Year's. Brought it in, however you decided to bring it in. And um, hope you, you know, focused on on getting to it, getting to it in 2021. I told you it's the year of execution. So let's see who's about that life. That's a fact. They in here early too. Man. Yeah, they jumping in, man. It's been a, it's man, been a while. We back before you had a chance to miss us. Let's get it going, man. <laughs> it's going to be a big show, man. I can feel it. I can feel it. Happy New Year to all the earners that's popping in right now. What's going on? To all our new earners, put a one in the chat. Let me see who you are. Put the ones in the chat if you if you brand new. This is your first time. This is your first Market Monday. Okay, okay. We got some newbies. Don't worry. We're going to hold your hand through this process. Shout out to all the earners. Shout out to all the new ones. Salute. Shout out to all our vets, all our top earners. Yeah. Shout out to the city of Miami. Oh yeah, shout out to Miami, man. <laughs> shout out to Miami, you know the vibes. We was out there, enjoyed ourselves out there. 
Yeah, shout out to the, I don't know who it was, they put in a DM, yo, I saw somebody downtown that was wearing the assets over liability shirts, man, you guys are blowing up. I was like, yo, that, that was us. <laughs> it might've been, you, might, you it, never it might, know. It might've been us. <laughs> you never know, you never know though. Shout out to everybody out there all over the world, man. Got a lot of love in Miami. A lot of people stopped us, um, showed love. Uh, more than one person stopped me personally and said that they was a big fan of um, Market Mondays. Market Mondays has become a, a cult phenomenon. It's a, it's a cultural fixture within itself. So shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to Miami. We had a great time back home, back in New York, and um, ready ready to get to work. Yeah, man. Made by the people, for the people. Shout out to everybody that has told a friend to tell a friend. As y'all yeah. saw today, we was uh, nominated for the top business and finance podcast. Shout out I to iHeartRadio, man. We've been saying that for a long time. We're number one in the world, and now, you know, the world's on notice thanks to y'all, so we appreciate y'all wholeheartedly. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Earn Your Leisure has been nominated for the best business and finance podcast at the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. It's unfortunate that it's COVID right now because um, usually it's in, it's in Las yeah. Vegas and it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a real award show. Um, like I said, it's like the Grammys of uh, podcasts. Um, and, you know, it's a very prestigious thing. It's five other, it's five podcasts nominated with one of the five. And um, yeah, man, that was, a, that was a good feeling. So thank you to iHeart. It's always good to be acknowledged for your work. And um, most importantly, like I said, thank you to all of the supporters and earners all over the world yeah, yeah. that have championed us and um, that have propelled us to uh, to that feat. It is not, it's over probably 300,000 business podcasts. So to be honored as one of the top, you know, five and to possibly be the top one out of, you know, close to a half a million business podcasts in the world, um, very rare. Very rare. From the dining room. That works paid off. <laughs> Very rare. Anything and everything is possible, y'all. That is a big fact. Kevin Samuels. <laughs> Ma'am. What's good? Ma'am. Ian Dunlap, what's going on, brother? My brother, how you feeling? I'm good, I'm good. You're looking great with that pink on, man. And congrats on that, uh, that nomination. That's, that's big boy status. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it, you know, You know what's coming next, right? <laughs> Market Mondays. We're gonna have two up Mondays. there. We're gonna have two up Mondays. there. Big fat. Twenty twenty one. God willing. I was in Miami. A few people um pulled up on me and was like, "Yo, I'm a big fan of Market Mondays, man. I watch every week." So um, that's crazy. Shout out that's to crazy. Market Mondays, man. Shout out to Market Mondays. But how how have you been? I'm good. Um, enjoyed the break. Had a good holidays. Happy to be back. Nervous. Um, but I, I enjoyed the time off. I needed it. I needed it. So yeah, dope, man. Dope. 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 Um, yeah, we want to welcome everybody. Um, once again, greetings and salutations. Happy New Year. This is uh, the first episode of season two of Market Mondays, um, season one. Are we frozen right now? Yeah, we're frozen. No, nah, you're not frozen, but we're frozen. Um, hopefully we don't stay frozen. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I'll get to it since we're frozen. Hopefully we can uh, fix that situation. It's always an issue. But uh, this is season two of Market Mondays. Market Mondays is an investment show. Um, we talk about a wide variety of investments, not just stocks. Obviously, stocks is the um, thing that we talk about the most. But, you know, personal finance, investing, things of that nature, um, answer questions. And today is a big is a big show for us. We have a guest uh, that we're going to bring on in a little bit. Alumna. Uh, yes, yes, yes. 
uh, two-time alumni. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. hundred episode two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Shout out to Kezia Williams. Um, if you don't follow the Black Upstart, you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice. Um, she's just a rock star in personal finance and business entrepreneurship. Um, she She's one of these superstar entrepreneurs out here that's just killing it online. She's been on CNBC. She's been on the Wall Street Journal. She's been uh, all over, all over. So it's going to be an honor to have her on. Yeah, and her um, energy's unmatched. Yeah, energy yeah, yeah. Is just unmatched. Her energy's I mean, unmatched. She's, she's, very, she's a very impressive person. She started yeah. the Black Dollar campaign um, around the time she's of Joe. Yeah, and that, that, that made national news. That, that got on CNBC, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, it's an honor to, to have her on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just 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 an amazing person. The energy is contagious, man. So everybody's in for a treat tonight, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But but before we do that, um, just a quick rundown of what we got going on this week for Earn Your Leisure. Big week. Tim 500. Big week. The guy, the guy is killing the game right now. If you're not familiar, Marcus Barney shot to him. And congratulations to him and his wife. They just got married. I'm hearing a million dollars. Million dollar uh, wedding. That's the new show. Million dollar wedding. That's <laughs> crazy. PTG, they brought the pink Bentley. Oh, and man. And then he put a, a pink Birkin bag. Don't forget the AP. And then he put a pink AP. <laughs> put a lot of pressure on fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, Brian McKnight singing at his wedding. Rumor was that Maxwell was supposed to come, couldn't make it to yeah. sing. I mean. So, so shout out to him. Man, he love her. <laughs> that's different you gonna get Maxwell man he love her man. that's a fact that's a fact but nah he's a good dude man we got a chance to really spend some time with him every time we go to Atlanta and um he is a very very smart very very intelligent guy and um he's a very dangerous guy when it comes to credit leveraging credit doing all kinds of tricks with these credit credit, cash, credit to cash yeah yeah so he's he's um that's a big episode for us tomorrow five o'clock eastern standard time YouTube live um, all podcast outlets, so check that out. And um, we back over EYL University this week. Who we got the boy Ash Cash? Ash Cash, Shout out to Ash himself. Cash, man. He's gonna be teaching a class for us on Wednesday. And then we have you doing your session, or is it Matt? It's Matt the the tenth. Yep, breaking temp. bread this Sunday. Break bread this this Sunday. Um, so we it's 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 a it's a jam packed session for us. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And. Uh, with that being said, we're going to got we're going to yeah. Let's do our so so disclaimer. If, you, if you're new, if you're new, and I know we got some newbies in here. Shout out to all the vets, but we got a disclaimer from the good folks here at Earn Your Leisure and the good brother Ian Dunlap. All right, so number one, do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. Now I told y'all do the homework, doing homework. We letting y'all in on a little bit of the homework. We let y'all in a little bit. There's, there's some more homework we got to do, but do your homework, please. Please. This is a, a disclaimer from the good folks at Earn Your Leisure and the good brother Ian Dunlap. That's a fact. Um, all right, Ian, the, the floor is yours, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to everybody. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. We're going to go back to slides to start off 2021. I can't believe it's a new year. Are we back? I know. I was saying 2020. It happens to me every year. I don't say 2021 until like three weeks in. Yeah, when do you stop saying Happy New Year, though? Happy New Year? Yeah. First week? I don't know. Whenever you just <laughs> feel like the vibe has changed. All right, let me know if you can see my screen and we'll get going. That's dope artwork too. Who did that? The, um... You already know. Okay. The legend, Burke, I appreciate you. Yeah, I told him uh, 
I saw a James Bond theme and I wanted to switch it up. The power thing was was uh, dope, but I wanted to make sure that we walked our own path. So, uh, you know, okay. I had to bring out a little surprise. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's, it's like a magazine cover. You know, the couple of fellas up there don't look too bad. So, um, <laughs> 2021, we're going to do something different. I'm going to let you guys decide if you want to execute it or not. I'm not going to force you, but this is for those who want the greatest return and possibly the greatest year possible to follow up from last year. Uh, these are the three secrets to winning with your money in 2021. So let's rock and roll so we can bring our amazing guest on. So number one, what I want you to do, please write these down. Every spare dollar that you get in 2021, I want you to put half into the market and half into eliminating debt. If you want to be debt-free, type debt-free in chat. I think all last year we proved what kind of gains are possible. Set, uh, Tesla, 700%. Apple, 89%. We'll talk about a few others that ran up 2,000%. Um, the misnomer that you can only get 7 to 12% a pre That's We proved that to be wrong. But this year... I want to go more comprehensive and talk about lifestyle structure and having great gains in the market means nothing. If you have a ton of debt and a bunch of bills, every time you walk to your mailbox, number two, this is important for my fellas. Got to avoid lifestyle creep. I say this because interest rates will more than likely rise in 2023. This year will not, will not be as sexy as 2020. So it'd be a little bit more difficult. So we're going to get a chance to see the cream rise to the top and those who can actually invest and trade, it will be on display this year. So you don't need to go get a 14 bedroom house this year. Let's wait. Um, everyone can do like him 500. Listen, you may not be able to get Brian tonight, Maxwell to show up, you know, you may not be able to get John legend say, baby, I love you. Let's put on this playlist <laughs> and let's not have any stress. And then number three, Everyone always asks me, how long does it take? For me, it took me about 18 months. Once I concentrated heavily on it, I used the Dave Ramsey debt snowball, but modified. So every other revenue stream, I put 50 to 75% into paying off my debt. If you only have one source of income, it can take you anywhere from two to three years. If you have more than one, it can take you 12 months if you really bust your ass and put all your extra money into it. I know when COVID clears, everybody wants to go to Playa. Everyone wants to go to Tulum. Great. Hold off until you get uh, debt-free, though. This quote from John Templeton is uh, probably one of the most important. Um, Happiness comes from spiritual wealth and not material. And when I was broke, I used to be, think to myself, like, oh, give me the money and then I'll find a way to be happy. But we tried to put this on display uh, week after week last year. Um, I was happiest given to others last year. Um, very rarely did I even talk about any of my personal accomplishments last year. It was I was happier to give to those who needed or wanted it. So I'm begging you, write this down. I need you to find a way to give to 10 people every week for 52 weeks this year and watch how the blessings multiply in your life. This is not some theoretical woo-woo or some church thing. This is something I've actually done that's had a tremendous impact on my life. And last year, some of you beat up on me. It was like, man, all you cover is stocks and long-term investing. But this is what I call the freedom satellite. So this is the beginner's version. And once we go into week 16, I'm going to give you the full blueprint. But this is your freedom satellite. These are the things that you need in place to actually have financial freedom. So number one, you need a business. 
you pick. Now in your industry, you need to see what the probability of uh, hitting a million or multi-million dollars is in your business. We don't want to walk by hope. We want to walk into the data and know what's possible. Number two, stocks. We talked about that forever. We, we know why. Real estate. So I said this before. It's not a gang war. It's both. It's not stocks or real estate. It's both. We talked about it two weeks ago, life insurance. For what you invest in the bang for your buck that you get, life insurance is a great addition to your satellite um, and portfolio. This is a big one I want to touch on. I talked about it in the sniper room earlier, but having a job. Don't let people on Instagram and social media tell you that working is bad. The average entrepreneur makes less than 30000 a year. And we all have a friend that has, <clears throat> excuse me, had a business for eight years and he hasn't went anywhere. But he's like, man, I can't believe you work for somebody else. And meanwhile, they're not able to provide for them. So there have been more millionaires made from stock options inside of companies than there have been actual entrepreneurs that have went on to make a million. So don't let people trick. My mom used to tell me some beats none, right? So if you have money coming in, it's what you do with it that would help catapult you. And then once you actually get into this business, we'll talk about this week eight, you need 24 streams of revenue in your business. Now, <clears throat> when we talked about it two or three weeks ago, people were shocked because you often heard seven was the number. Um, I've been to enough conferences wherever I brought up that number, people laughed, but I want to walk you through an illustration of what corporations do. Don't follow what I say, follow what the top 10 companies throughout the world do. <clears throat> so these are the fundamentals that matter. Add this to that fundamental list when you are evaluating a company. This is key. How many customers are in their ecosystem? So Apple has 1.5 billion active devices, according to last year. T-Mobile actively has 98 million customers paying every month. Microsoft has 75. Netflix, 73. Disney Plus had 86.8. They're projected to go to 260 million by the end of this year. The only weakness with Disney Plus, they don't have any amazing content. They're living off old content. But if they can find a way to create more content without going into debt like Netflix, they can have a powerful last business. So a key point, I want you to write this down. Companies with a subscriber base of 70 million to 100 million is a sweet spot to invest in. Your homework for tonight, make a list of 10 of those companies and select the three that you want to invest in. Really Any quick, I'll... Go ahead. You don't like the you don't like the Mandalorian, man. I thought it was good. Is the last episode was amazing, but it's one of those things where it's like um, it, it's very niche. It's very it's, it's kind of like Kid Cudi. Like Kid Cudi <laughs> spawned a wave. That's a good but comparison. not everyone is like, yo, you heard the new Cudi. But if Kanye does it, Kanye would be Apple or T-Mobile or Netflix in comparison. Yeah, your analogies are incredible, man. That's a good one. I, I try. I try to <laughs> keep my spot. Um, it's a, a point that needs to be stressed home for the fellas. You can either buy and hold for freedom or you can choose to be selfish. Um, fellas, I'm going to talk to us more aggressively this year, and I'm going to tell you some of the things that I wish that I was told earlier. The number one reason that people don't hold for 10 to 30 years because you don't give a damn about uh, who is in your life and who is in your family and you're not looking to secure their future. At some point, fellas, we got to have some private talks about uh, hedging and relationships. And, um, but the thing that I see is amongst the men that love their kids and love their family, they all have put something away. 
for the men that have had the misfortune of dealing with the wrong type of person or having a child and being divorced with the wrong type of person, they are a lot more hesitant. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Um, through the good graces of God and, and through this partnership, I, last year I was able to talk to like 14,000 people about investing. And whenever I talked to men, the ones who really love their kids, it was not even a question if they had money put away. So we won't do this in a, in a public form, but in a private form, we have to talk about some strategies to mitigate, even if you are in a tumultuous situation um, in your household. Um, if you got in before the crash last year, it only took you three months to re recover. Thank God to quantitative easing and all the Robin Hood traders and all of us that were new in the market that helped prop some of these things up. And if you bought at the absolute high before the world shut down, it only took you six months to recover. Six months. And we talked about it before, post-World War II in a recession, on average, it takes 17 months to recover, which is not a long time when you're in the middle of that storm. Man, it feels like hell on earth. But I want to reemphasize these points. So if we enter another, because today the market slid down and everyone was panicking. I'm like, NASDAQ hit an all-time high before the open. What did you think it was going to do? Once again, if I score 52 in the garden, the next game, I'm probably, I'm going to go back to my baseline average. And the people who kept waiting and kept saying, well, in another month, I'll invest. They missed out on one of the greatest rallies in history. So I need you to know once the market drops 30 to 50%, it usually goes up 100 to 113% in four years off indexing alone. Uh, technology usually is 500% to 1,000% return. These are the three sleepers that I wish I had called in 2020. This first one you need to write down, Domino's Pizza. We've talked about it. I wish I would have called it in March so I could have patted myself on the back, but I think I did all right with Tesla. Over the last um, 10 or 11 years, Domino's is up 5,700%. Uh, 5,700%. 5, Number two, Overstock. Overstock is going to slide back down this year, but um, it was a nice return of 570%, 76%. And Novavax is a sleeper. I don't think Novavax is good now, and maybe we'll do chart time next week for sure. But 10,000 in last year, Novavax would have grossed you 280 grand. I can't lie. I have some FOMO over that. I really do. This is my personal blueprint for 2021. My entire theme of this year is going to be no talking, all executing. So I'm going to be straight to the point on every episode. And I want you to execute if you choose to. For me, I'm personally going to go through 200 pages a day, go through my research stack. Um, I'm going to go through the re weekly review of the top 100 companies on my list. So write this down, because if you want a competitive edge, this is what I'm doing to get it. 
I'm going to research every single stock in all markets, all international markets and domestic in 90 days. I'm going to mark off the buy zones for every company. Mark off which ones are winners and losers and block out all the noise. This point right here is the most important. Block out all noise. I'm going to be real. Most financial outlets have turned into world star or shade room. Kudos to the, to the good people over at shade room. Love y'all. Um, <laughs> right. But not a lot of information is given to help you catapult to the next level. A lot of it is to keep your attention and eyeballs glued to their page for ad revenue. And then my final assignment is to discover what the top three investments are for the year. So screenshot that because this is my personal blueprint. So if I'm a little bit quieter this year, I'm getting back in the trenches in the laboratory so I can uh, put some enhancements on this crystal ball. This is one of the most popular posts and caused some controversy. Um, but I, I originally posted this in 2018 in December and po posted it again and it caught fire. Um, but I'm, I'm not putting this to cause you to be stressed or depressed. I'm doing it to give you context. So when you first get your first hundred grand, whether it's liquid, partially liquid, or all tied up, once you have kids and a family, that's not real money, right? So let's take me out of it and let's look at the data. Kudos to Joshua. Um, in order to be considered rich, according to a 2019 survey, you need at least 2.3 to be wealthy. That's to have a cushion. So whether it's liquid, real estate, a combination of both, that's how much you, this is the metric for where we are, right? So the first goal you want to get to is 10 grand. After that, you want to get to 50. The third milestone is 100. After that, you have to be pushing to get to the million-dollar mark in combination of all assets that you have underneath your portfolio before you will actually, if you have kids, be able to, to breathe. And the true way to know if you have more than enough money, you need to multiply whatever your bills are and multiply those times 10 years, and that'll tell you how much room you need for cushion to be stable. The top performing assets of 2020, so silver took the lead. It drew down 34% at one point and went up 127. I know everybody was so happy about gold. Gold had a lower drawdown, but also had a lower return. Then small cap stocks took off like crazy. And then crude had a nice bounce off of that low that happened. But if you look at the bond market, the bond market is a hedge. Didn't draw down that much, but it didn't grow that much, right? So a lot of you were asking about how to include bonds into it. It's not going to give you the best gain. It's going to give you a decent, a decent hedge, however. So we can see the returns here if you want to screenshot this. Silver, 47%. Small cap was 18%. Canadian stocks, 2.8. Corporate bonds, 9.7. Once again, two tech, two index. Very simple formula. Uh, tech performing the best in 2020, hands down. So you can see information technology on average was at 89%. Consumer discretionary was second. Third was communication. This mix will not change. I know some of you are wondering what engine energy turnaround in 2021 to 22. They're going to be at the bottom of the barrel. Financials may bump up this year, more so probably in 2023 if interest rates go up, but until then, tech will be the dominant leader. Now let's look at currencies. The Swiss franc only drew down 2.1%, so it only lost 2.1% of its value. I want you to go look at the correlation for how they handled COVID versus other uh, countries. And the Chinese yuan only lost 2.9%. So 
the Australian dollar lost more, 21.5, and it rebounded well, but we want to put our money into things that have lowest drawdown. Big gains are great, but not everyone is able to sit through a drawdown of 50% or 45%. The first thing you need to look at at any asset is what's the highest drawdown over a 10-year period that asset has that will tell you how much safety you have in it. The biggest one is a 2020 Novavax. I don't think it will be that great this year, but it had a hell of a run. Tesla, of course, Tesla's going to be to the moon. Moderna, solid Zoom, of course. Bitcoin, I know Rashad is happy because he didn't sell all his coins. <laughs> and there was a bunch of IPOs, and I think that the SPAC thing is done, even though there's maybe one or two companies that have done a decent job with them. And the biggest losers, Carnival, I hope they're able to rebound because if not, there's a lot of people that are going to lose their jobs and never be able to recover. Energy stocks, uh, Air Canada, crude, and then the FTSE 100. So a lot of you are looking for international exposure. I could argue that Silicon Valley has the best talent from most nations that have been drafted here. The international exposure that you need for most global corporations are going to be domestic based. So I need you to type in chat. What is the return you want to get this year? Because this year is not going to be like last. So the probability of getting a hundred percent return in a year is going to be a lot lower. I want you to set the baseline for what you want to get in terms of return and be happy with that and anything above that is extra. For those of you who started last year, I'm sorry, you're not going to get 60% on accident this year. You'll be able to squeeze out 25. You came in at a great time, but I want us to be realistic. We're going to be more on the tech side, maybe 20 to 28% opposed to 60 and 70. And chart time. So every week, I'm going to go over the same, and I was going to give a new way to get into the market. I'm actually, why the hell aren't y'all using the 200-day moving average? Ask them again, man. Why? <laughs> Can you explain, Ian, because um, some people might be new. This might be their first time ever watching Market Monday. Can you just explain what the 200-day moving average is? It takes the last 200 days of collection of data, and then it marks off on this line where the average is. So... If you're looking for an easy and simple way to consistently get, and this is Microsoft and it went down today. So if you look at a daily chart, depending on what time horizon you look over, Microsoft came down exactly to the spot and bounced up. You can see the high a few days prior was 227. This is around 213. Give it about four or five weeks. You'll be able, so for those of you who are like, hey, you guys never tell us how to get, get in, even though we gave five ways last year, <laughs> I'm going to focus on the 200-day moving average. And this is also a place where you can start to load a boat, load the boat. This is where a lot of technicians, prop firms, hedge funds, fund of fund managers are looking to get in. So it's a universally respected uh, indicator. Because it's not new, because it's not sexy, and only nine people in Nova Scotia know about it. And then somebody from Atlanta flew back and, and dropped it to everybody in Midtown. It's not valued as much, but you need a system that's super easy that you can use over and over again. Um, and it's an easy way to buy. So when we drop down to the, and this is only for quality companies, mm. only for quality. So if you find some piece of, uh, hey, it doesn't apply to that because it's going to burn through the 200. But a good company is going to come down around this area, maybe float a little bit lower and three or four weeks start to go up. Uh, this is the perfect investment plan for 2021. Write this down. And I can hear y'all on YouTube on a replay. 
four long-term positions for the year. I'm going to be real. I've talked to at least six or 700 people that missed out on some great companies because they were switching company. Oh, I like Tesla, but I'm going to get out of it and I'm going to get in NIO. I'm not mad at it, but whatever you pick, I want you to marry the positions that you have. Type in chat, marry the positions. Now, if you're wrong and the company's no good or the thesis changes, great. But if you have a great company, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Like I said, it's like having a star basketball player. I'm not trading Michael Jordan for anything. Do not care. Do not care. Number two, 12 swing trades on the year. So that whether that's futures, any other assets or derivatives, I want you to take 12. That's one per month. You should know what the gains that will come from that. And then for short-term investing, I want you to do 24. This does not apply to the snipers or anybody in alpha, but for everyone else, if you're looking at futures, you can do 24 trades and hit a ridiculous return and be okay. Okay. Key point here. I only want you to take trades that you know will not lose. And here's how to know if it won't lose. If you have to ask someone, hey, man, hey, Troy, you think uh, if I get in right here, if I have to ask, it's not good. Your intuition is already telling you. And then also, when you take a Saturday and go through the entire market, map out where you want to get in, those same buy zones on a macro level, once you pare down to your intraday timeframes, they're going to line up and you're going to have a chance to take a trade there as well and be okay. These are the top 10 lessons to improve your performance with trading. Number one, keep your losses small. Your wins should be 10 times bigger than your losses. Easy risk reward. You want to risk one to make 10. Number two, don't chase a move. If you miss it, let it go. Kudos to the snipers. You've seen me do this. Send a text, miss my move, and be frustrated as hell. I get it. But once you're, if you want to get into a position, let's say at 244 bucks, once it goes to 245, if you're trading it, don't touch it. Don't get distracted and miss an excellent setup. Do not trade against the market. The market can, eat, can only go north or south. Even with range bound, people are like, oh, but we're ranging and, and we're consolidating. Man, the move is either slowed down because it's going to explode to the upside or downside. That's why everybody, oh, man, Apple slowed down. Okay. And then we saw it took off like crazy. There is buildup. I need you to know this. When the market is constricting or getting tight, that is the time to set up your moves on a large. So if you're looking at a, a day chart or something higher, a breakout move is going to come. Have the patience to wait three or four weeks for it to break in your favor. Everyone's talking about financial freedom, but you can't wait four to five weeks. You're trying to flip, don't flip. The money will be there. Um, do not trade when the volume is low. I'm begging you. You're going to get your head chopped off, your account cut in half, and maybe margin call. Wait until volume is at a peak so your orders can get filled. You can get exits on your trades if you have a predetermined uh, area that you want to get out. And then that way, you won't be sitting in a loss potentially for three or four hours either. And then do not trade, over trade under any circumstances. If your plan is to take 24 in the year, take 24. Number seven, do not increase your position size or dollar amount in a trade to try and recover. So let's say you were trading 20 contracts on features and you lost seven grand. I do not want you to go trade 40 contracts to try and make up for it because you already got the direction wrong. So if you wrecked a Camry, I can't put you in a Ferrari and then let you wreck that as well. Come back, trade the same size. And if you're doing a one to 10 risk to reward ratio, 
You don't need that many trades to recover the loss and be back in profit. Uh, number eight, this is key. Do not micromanage your trades. Let them run once you, you secure profit. So if you get in the trade and let's say you're up 10% and you lock in 2%, let it run. If your target is 40%, let it go there. A lot of you are self-sabotaging and we all do it and it takes time to get over it. But a lot of people are self-sabotaging and cutting off winners when you could have let certain stocks or trades run up 30, 40, 50, 80% last year and you cut them off at 10%. Know what your exit is before you enter the trade. Number nine, do not trade if you're in a bad mood. If you got into an argument with your kids and you make them breakfast and they spill juicy juice all over your keyboard, don't trade that day. I'm telling you, you got into a fight with your significant other, don't do it. And number 10, this is the most important. Do not trade unless you know what your statistical edge is in the market. You should know your win percentage, your profit factor, the best time to trade, and the best asset that you trade. Once again, your win percentage, your profit factor, um, the asset that you trade the best and what time of day you trade be best. This isn't off emotion. This has to be hard data. And that's it. And if you guys go to the site, I'll uh, send you a list of 20 books that you should read for this year that I'm going to be reading. And I want you guys to make the decision tonight if you're going to execute or not. I love you guys. Appreciate that, brother. That was great. Yo, a lot, man. That was a lot. Great, great, great presentation. Great yeah. presentation. That was a lot of information. Um, and the good thing on Market Mondays is that, you know, you can go back and watch it, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to it on the podcast. Um, make sure you subscribe to Market Mondays on all podcast outlets and leave a review and um, and uh, five-star comment. A five-star rating helps. Yeah, comments um, up too. But yeah, so, you know, sometimes you might not be able to catch all the information or all the gems um, right away. So, you know, use it as a reference sheet and go back and listen to it and watch it a few times. Um, and, and, you know, you might've, you might've missed something. That was the game right there. Yeah, Like sure. literally that's the game. Like everything you're talking about, like that's the game. Like when, when you're talking about the, 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 the price is constricting, like you can see that, right? So like if you have your 200 day on, you got the biologists on, bands on, you can see the, con like it's contracting, right? So yes. it's gonna be a breakout at some point. We, we're going to keep giving it because we got some newbies in here. So we, we're going to break it down in, in, into a very beginner-friendly uh, manner so that everybody can understand what, we do, what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Chart time going to be fun. Chart time going to be fun. But, but we should do a special like bonus episode for the podcast listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's bring in our esteemed guest. Prestigious. The prestigious one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody that gave a super chat. Shout out to Tay. Shout out to Tay, man. Sorry about that, bro. I was trying to link um, in Miami. He was just running around all crazy. Um, he played me too, man. He didn't want to get up with me. I wasn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, shout you know how it is when you're out of town. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, shout out to Truth Jones, um, youngest in charge. The young legend himself. And shout out to John, John Palmer. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, you muted. You, you muted. Gotta, you you gotta, muted. Gotta, I'm mute. Let me, let me do the honors. Please unmute yourself. Kezia, yeah, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Oh. Hey. Uh, All right, go ahead. Nah, nah, you was good for a minute. Just hit the unmute. Hit the unmute. Nah, you still muted. So don't, don't fail us tonight. There she go. There she go. There she go. Can, can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, hallelujah. Yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. It's so good to see your faces. For sure, likewise, likewise. likewise. How, how have you been? 
I have been so good. Can I just start out by saying I love Ian's voice? It like <laughs> reminds me of Quiet Storm. Y'all remember Quiet, Quiet Storm. Storm on the radio? Yeah, that's right. Storm. This is Theo. <laughs> I'm trying to get my little meditation voice like, on. Thank you. It. I was like, yo, he tried to put you in a mood to listen. To so shout out to Ian for the wonderful voice. I don't I don't have a quiet storm voice, as you all know. <laughs> Let's hey, get right Rashad. to it. <laughs> hey, Troy. I what's see up? What's up? Out in Miami flexing with the rollies. I see y'all. Oh, <laughs> no, <nah>, no. <nah. laughs> come on, come on. That's uh, another topic. That's another topic. <laughs> you know, um, I was, I was Watching it while I was like pushing my basket at Walmart. All the paper before I ran out again. So. Nah, nah, nah. Stop, stop. <laughs> Everything earned, please. Yes, yes. Yes, congratulations on all of your success. Thank oh, yeah. You. Thank, thank you, you for thank being you, a part of that. You. Thank so, you for uh, sure. Yeah, two time, two time EY alumni. Um, you know, as I said, I gave the introduction earlier. But um, just a superstar, rock star. And, um, you know, the good thing I was telling people, the good thing I like about you is that you're um you're you're like a very common sense person where people understand sometimes in business people get too complex and it gets over it goes over people's head but you have a unique ability to not only um you know uh bring enthusiasm in but to actually break it down and, and you know talk about stuff that everyday people can relate to and um, break down how everyday people can can make money and it's not just for rich and wealthy people so um i would like to jump right into it if that's okay yeah. um I'm ready. Stimulus. Stimulus is a shout out to everybody on YouTube. If you could like the video, we would greatly appreciate it. 6,200 people. Um, the stimulus is something that is a hot topic right now, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I yes. think they started, they started sending some money. Did they start sending money? I think some people got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, some oh, yeah. of the $600 checks posted today. My grandma called me at 6 a.m. this morning and let me know that it was pending. <laughs> and she was going to call me back at 10 a.m. if it didn't post. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to grandma. <laughs> Shout out to Granny. <laughs> so, so yeah, so a lot of people, you know, they they got some money and um, they may not necessarily, um, you know, need it in that regards. As far as you know, if you if you have a job or if you're working, it's extra money. It's like a bonus, right? Mm -hmm. So some people are thinking about you know investing the money or doing something constructive, paying off debt, um, putting it in savings or putting it in their kids' college savings plan. Um, you have any tips or any ideas for people that um, are getting stimulus money? Well, first, I think we should maybe talk about like the, the $600 because there's been so many questions about, hey, do I get the stimulus package or the stimulus check? Is the $600 going to post to my account? As stimulus number two mandates, you must have an adjusted gross income of $75,000 if you're single, $150,000 if you're married, and $112,000 about that if you're head of household. If you make anything more than that, the amount of stimulus will decrease according to whatever that number is. So if it's 60, um, excuse me, if you're making $75,000 and you're single, that can go up to $87,000 before you get no check. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you have um, any elderly, like my granny, she's on Social Security, going to get a stimulus check. If you have any uh, cousins, uncles, aunts, friends who are currently incarcerated, guess what? They're on the list to get a stimulus check. If you have kids, that's $600 um, per child living in your household that you can qualify for. So I wanted to make sure that people were... um, they were aware of how they qualify. Now, how they send the stimulus checks, they're gonna look at your 2019 tax filing and they're gonna determine what your AGI is, which we're talking about, your adjusted gross income. And they're gonna make the determinations that way. If you receive the check the first time and you have not amended your taxes, then you can expect to receive the check again if it has not changed, okay? I see a couple of comments where folks are talking about what if I got pregnant? You know, y'all was busy during the, you know, during the quarantine, <laughs> during the socially distancing, Bay was coming over, sleeping over, got pregnant and have a baby, you can amend your tax filing. Uh, so it's a 1040X form. So you can amend that in order to update it and say that you now have a new dependent. Okay. Mm. So that's about uh, the $600 stimulus check. Now, one of the things that I have been talking about, guys, is that I do believe, and I'm sure you all agree, that the tax code was set up for owners to win and I believe employees to pay. So a lot of people were really upset about the $600. I mean, I saw memes, people flipping over tables, tossing hair, et cetera. I mean, just upset, right? Because you have millionaire people in Congress making these decisions about money that people need right now today. And what I've been telling folks is that $600, yes, is the stimulus check, but there's also tens of thousands of dollars that may be available to entrepreneurs with the economic injury disaster loan cash advance, with the paycheck protection program, and with the $25 billion that have been allocated to be awarded to community development financial institutions. So I hope we get some time tonight to talk about that money. Because I believe that money is the money that a lot of business owners, especially black business owners, unapologetically need to pursue. Let's talk about that. We can talk about that right now, actually. I'm glad you I'm glad you talked about that because somebody had asked me today, like they like I make two hundred thousand dollars. Am I gonna receive a um stimulus check? And I'm like, you know, I have I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Let me look into it. I mean, so yeah, um let's let's talk about but before we talk about that, is there a cap on if you make too much money, you don't get the stimulus? Yeah, so it's uh, 75000 going all the way up to 87000 You don't get a stimulus check. Mm-hmm. But for those folks who are balling out of control, you say, I, make, I made $150,000 this year. The first thing I'm going to ask you is, do you own a business? I believe that every Black person, especially, even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, should be a business owner because of the tax code that we just discussed. Why? Because the adjusted gross income, the AGI, is based off of your income after deductions. So personally, I would be asking, did you donate to charity? But from the business perspective, the specific question that I would be asking is, what deductions have you taken from your business that reduced your taxable income to the point where 
year, your AGI, your adjusted gross income was $75,000. There's a lot of folks that may have made $250,000. Perhaps they had a business that did very well. When they listed their deductions, though, that reduced that income down to $75,000, thus qualifying them. So for business owners, especially let's talk about one that we know that's going to be kicked out in a couple of days. Y'all's president, Donald Trump, <laughs> you know, that's how he legally or illegally, I don't know your political position, ends up paying less than $1,000 in taxes because his accountants are looking for the deductions. They're looking for the losses to reduce that taxable income. So if you made $200,000 and you didn't own a business and you didn't, um, your standard deduction or any other tax deductions that you took didn't reduce that liability, then no, you wouldn't qualify for a stimulus check. Now, we can talk about the business. Uh, we can definitely go there. The first thing that we could talk about is the economic injury disaster loan cash advance. And I am a huge proponent of doing research. Um, I know that some of this terminology can be a little confusing because when you say cash advance, you know, the first thing we think about is, oh, somebody's advancing cash and what do we have to do, guys? Pay it back. Pay it back. <laughs> but with the economic injury disaster loan, the economic injury, injury disaster loan cash advance is equivalent to a grant in so much as it's equal to $10,000 that you don't have to pay back if in, if in the event they approve the advance. And so a lot of folks, the first round saw cash advance and disqualified themselves from an opportunity that might have been available to them. So I think that the first thing we should talk about is those folks who apply for the EIDL the first time, right? They saw cash advance and they were like, hold up, I did my research, right? We don't want to swim in an ocean of knowledge and drown in ignorance. So they pulled up the paperwork, they read it, and they saw the cash advance was equivalent to a grant. They applied, and after they applied, guidance was issued that stated that they didn't get the full 10000 cash advance the first time. Instead, they were allocating $1,000 per employee, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you had three employees, that was $3,000. If you had two employees, that was $2,000. You didn't get the full $10,000. What's good about this second stimulus is in that 5,500 page bill, I know because I got through a few hundred. I didn't get through a few thousand. I went to business and I went to, <laughs> to the 600. What's, what's, over there? what's going on over there and over there? But it said that they mandated that when that guidance was issued, that it was incorrect in so much as it violated the provisions of stimulus number one. So for stimulus number two, as it's written now, if you qualify for the $10,000 cash advance slash grant the first time and receive fewer than $10,000 for your business, guess what? They're going to square up. Hello. Okay, I'm the only one that's excited about it because I got 3000 so I'm looking for my $7,000. They are going to square up and make that whole. And it doesn't require any additional requirements, not sure about an application submission, if you qualify the first time. So I've received a lot of questions about folks that said, okay, I'm seeing that they're saying they're going to you know, pay the difference. The answer is yes, but we're still waiting on that guidance, okay? So let's talk about number two. Not unless there's any questions. Now, I, know. I, actually, I, have, I actually have a question yeah. for stimulus bill too, because mm -hmm. there's a, a group that was kind of left out the first time around. Um, you know, you have college students 17 to 23, right? So if they were under yeah. 17, 
mm-hmm. then you you weren't qualified. I'm wondering if this time around, is there anything in the in the bill that or any type of loophole for college students? Because technically, 17, 18, you're on your own at college, but when you come back home from school, you're living with your parents most of the times, and those people were left out. Is there anything in the stimulus bill this time around that can that can help the college student? So it's depending on if they're being claimed as a dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, what I've read is that if you're 17 and under, you can be claimed by your parents as a dependent and thus disqualify you from the stimulus check. But in regards to being a college student and starting a business and getting access to EIDL or being a college student and getting access to the stimulus check, my question to that college student would be, did you file taxes? And if you didn't file taxes, then at that point, I would say probably not because your paperwork is not on file with the federal government. And therefore, they cannot determine what your adjusted gross income could be. Even more. Mm -hmm. Okay, one group for the economic injury disaster loan round two that I want to be especially vigilant about applying for the second round of stimulus is businesses that are sole proprietors. So that means you're doing business, but you have not registered with the state. Limited liability companies, limited liability partnerships. Um, If you are independent contractors, so those are the the entrepreneurial people who have worked for for Uber, who have worked for Grubhub, who've worked for Instacart, and you've lost some income as an independent contractor. I'm going to be talking to you, okay? Um, So if you're a nonprofit organization, clergy, most clergy, y'all have 501c3s. That's what your church is, is organized under, okay? So private nonprofit entities. Now, for stimulus number two, there are different requirements. You must have less than 300 employees. And for Black entrepreneurs, that's most of y'all. Because currently, there are 2.56 million Black entrepreneurs, but only 109,000 of them, according to the last stimulus, have an employee. So that means a vast majority, over 90% of Black entrepreneurs right now are the only people owning and operating their business, and you have no employees. So if that's you, I'm talking to you. Less than 300 employees. The second thing is, the business must have been started by January 2020. Okay, so January 2020, you must have started to operate your business. If you have an LLC and you filed in October, I lo- October 20, um, October 2020, I love you. Don't qualify for this business. If you started operating your business on Christmas, December 25th, when you was watching CNN trying to see if your big trying to see if President Trump was going to uh, sign that, that bill, I forget we on live, y'all. Let me tell you, this ain't you know, back room talk. <laughs> if you started your business at the end of the year, don't qualify. But January 31st, 2020, okay, January 2020, if you started your business, this qualifies for you, okay? And I'm going to talk about those businesses that were started later on in the year, later on in this conversation. And then finally, this wasn't a provision in the first stimulus, but your business must be operating in an area that has a 20% or higher poverty rate, Okay. How do you know if you're living in an area with a 20% or higher poverty rate? According to the stimulus bill, they are recommending that you go to the U.S. Census 
so census.org, I believe, um, and that you go and you look, put in your zip code, put in a city where you're owning and operating and see if that poverty rate is below, or excuse me, above 20%. So Newark, New Jersey is one. Richmond, Virginia, where I live on the north side, that's one. So 20%. So you want to see if your business is operating in that realm. They're trying to get money in the hands of businesses that will stay open and continue to serve these communities. But most importantly, they're trying to get hands in the business uh, money in the hands of businesses that during the first round were competing with small businesses like Shake Shack or small businesses like Ruth Chris or if you watch the NBA which I don't know if y'all have I haven't watched the NBA in a couple years got the stimulus package but they were competing with the mom and pop shops that were truly small and micro businesses that shouldn't have to compete with companies that are publicly traded and have strong cash flow issues have strong balance statements so they're trying to square up and make that right. So that's uh, the $10,000 um, cash advance, which is a, a loan. The application is not available yet. So you can go onto the sba.gov website and I want you to continue checking for that application. You can, when you apply for the application, I want folks to know, okay, that when you apply for the cash advance slash grant, you're also applying for a loan. All right, so there's a $10,000 cash advance that you do not have to pay back, that is also not taxed. Um, but when you submit that application, you're also applying for a loan. You could get approved for the cash advance, you could get denied for the loan. That's okay, you can still keep the cash advance. You can be approved for the cash advance, it will be wired to your account, okay? You can also get approved for the loan. You can decline the loan and still keep the cash advance. So for business owners, this is a benefit that's available to you that's essentially cash in hand, okay? What, a quick question for you. For business owners that may be afraid, when they receive this money, what do you recommend that they do with it um, so that they can keep their business afloat or possibly thrive during this uh, economic downturn? So most businesses are happen to pivot during this time. I mean, look, uh, EYL, they was they was out here in these cities. They was out here doing it, you know, doing it up. So they came to DC, had 500 people in a room, right? Last time we talked or the time before that, I was sitting in a room sandwiched between like Rashad and Troy, you know, we was having a conversation and now we pulled up digital, right? Like Rashad and um, Troy, they got the, the nice little setup in the back, you know, that all of that has represented a pivot which means that business owners during this time, during this pandemic, had to figure out a way to change their business operations in such a way that they met their economic need. But we know that when you change the direction of your business, it costs you, right? It costs you. It's going to cost you capital in order to acquire new resources, in order to pivot on your marketing. And so that $10,000 can be used to fund that pivot, to keep your doors open. Let's say that you're operating your business, but the profit doesn't look the same as it did in 2019. You could take that $10,000 cash advance and you could supplement whatever that gap is. Like we know that there are entrepreneurs out there, specifically Black entrepreneurs out there that are were already working nine to five jobs where their, their paycheck was separate and unequal. Their entrepreneurial endeavor was a gap that they needed to fill in terms of pay. So when the pandemic hit, let's say you were hit with a furlough, you were hit with a layoff, or you were hit with um, pay that was cut. 
and your entrepreneurial endeavor, your, your business was in the middle of a pivot, this $10,000 grant is meant to help you figure out a way to keep your business doors open. With Black business owners, 42% um, or a little over 41% projected to go out of business mm -hmm. by this year, this $10,000 cash grant can mean the difference between open doors or closed doors. Okay? Well, what do you think the biggest reason that a lot of those businesses are going under? Because I know a lot of business owners don't go in and look at the numbers or data to see what's possible. But from your experience, what are some of the biggest downfalls that you're seeing when people are either picking a business or uh, picking a business model to operate under? Well, I think it's important that you find an economic need. I think the biggest challenge, there's a couple challenges. I'm going to speak to Black entrepreneurs right now because I'm one. We are. Um, for Black entrepreneurs, I think the first thing that we needed to realize that, is that in 2020 and also in 2021, we may have entered 2021 with one plan, right? Mm -hmm. February and March hit in 2020 when the pandemic was first getting started and things had to change. And a lot of people held tight to the plan that they made at the end of 2019, not realizing that as things change, the plan may change, but the purpose remains the same. I think that Black entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs specifically, need to realize what the purpose is, the purpose that you're, that you're serving, but then separate that from the plan that you need to orchestrate. Secondly, I think it's important that you find an economic need. Specifically, what are people paying right now? Like what products or the services are they paying in order to meet a pain point? Like there's a reason why Teladoc is taking off. People aren't going into um, the aren't going into the medical offices like they were before, right? So they're taking appointments at home for restaurants that can't serve people inside of their shop right, or inside of their restaurant. They had to open doors outside during the summer in order to supplement income. That's serving an economic need. The needs of your customer changed, so that means that your business function also had to change. So I think that that's one of the issues uh, that we experience is finding the need and filling it. And I think the second thing is, is that we need to, especially as a people, be willing to, to buy from Black-owned businesses unapologetically. There is $1.3 trillion flowing through Black hands every single year. And I think there are Black business owners that are begging, pleading for people to make sometimes the uncomfortable, sometimes the inconvenient decision to say, I'm going to buy for you even if I have to wait three days past what I would have done if, you, if I couldn't find your product on Amazon. And that can mean the difference between another month in business or a month closed. And I think the final thing is, and I think it's important for us to talk about, a lot of businesses in Stimulus One kept their businesses open from your tax dollars. Because while everyone was focused on the $1,200 paycheck, Ruth, Chris, and Shake Shack was focused on $2 million, $5 million of grants, so forgivable loans through the Paycheck Protection Program, that, were, that they anticipated being forgiven because they were looking at the, the stimulus dollar for the businesses and we were focused on celebrating a $1,200 check. There are a lot of people in this country that pulled up on a policy, but they're expecting other people to pull up by their bootstraps. When money becomes available that you helped invest in because you paid your taxes in 2019, it's important for you to go after those resources because that's your money. That money is just a refund. So I think that those three, those three aspects contributed to closed businesses. And I think those three aspects can continue to, uh, can contribute to continued open businesses. Now, that, that's very, I just want to say, that's very um, true what you said. Um, 
And uh, it's like, yeah, you know, the vast majority of people is focused on a $1,200, $600 check. Mm-hmm. Um, but business owners like us, like we got the, we, I don't know if I even got the check. I'm not sure. But we wasn't focused on that. We focused on the SBA loan. Dude, that's it. The SBA loan. <laughs> the SBA loan hit different. And like I said, I told the story before. We didn't, we didn't need, fortunately, um, by the grace of God, we didn't really need the loan. But when MG the mortgage guy got his loan, he wow. told and he told us about it. He broke up, he broke down a plate to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, why not? Let's 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 see if we can get something because it's it's zero percent interest for 12 months. We can mm-hmm. we can invest that money into the business and buy stuff. And after that, three percent interest by the time we could just pay it off in full. It's an yeah. interest free, it's an interest free loan. Yeah. The amount Absolutely. of money, the amount of money that we received. Matt told y'all about this post March. Get him on the line, Ian. Yo, MG, man, what's up with you, bro? <laughs> Kizzy, real quick, because I see you something. Out. The so greatest people... thing about the $10,000 cash advance, you don't have to pay it back. And like I said, you can uh, you can decline the loan, but the application is, is two pages. And they ask for two mm-hmm. numbers. What income did you make for PPT, uh, for the stimulus number two? They're going to ask how much money you made between March in December 2019 and they're going to ask you to compare those numbers to how much money you made from March 2020 to December 20 and if you're able to demonstrate a 30% economic loss then at that point you are eligible potentially for that benefit and so that's important to know probably what MG the mortgage guy uh, was talking about was the paycheck protection program and there were a lot of entrepreneurs that were a little hesitant myself included um, to apply for the paycheck protection program because when you hear forgivable loans you ask but what's on the other side of forgiveness you know I know Jesus said forgive 70 times (laughs) 7 but the way that Sam your uncle is set up he might if he don't forgive you he come to knock on your door and garnish your wages okay (laughs) so i was like i need to know what's on the other side of forgiveness is it financial grace thank you jesus so like the the guidance has been issued for ppp stimulus number one also stimulus number two and one of the things that's especially exciting about ppp number two is that they really outline those sole proprietors or single member llc's for which a lot of black entrepreneurs are like what are the requirements for forgiveness but then also what resources do you have available to you if you can't count your payroll right because you're a sole proprietor so you're paying yourself um or you're a single member llc so you have nobody on your payroll and you're not filed as a, a c corporation what type of resources are available to me and one of the things that i really like about the paycheck protection program which is probably what mg was talking about is that um, you have to be connected to a bank. So that means that you must not be storing your business revenues underneath your mattress, okay? So it needs to go in the bank and that's where you're gonna pull your financial statements. And you wanna take a look at if you've had 25, at least 25% or higher losses from your business, so um, in revenue, um, and look at your quarter. So like if quarter one 2019 was $5,000 and quarter one 2020 was $500, you know that that's higher than 25%. You want to look at each quarter and you want to identify those quarters where you saw losses if you have payroll. If you don't have payroll, you want to pull out that tax form again. You want to pull out that uh, form 1040 and you want to um, actually you want to pull out your schedule C and you want to look at what was your net profit for that year 
and then you want to divide that by 12. You take whatever number that is and you multiply it by 2.5, okay? Mm. So if it's $5,000, y'all don't have my, let me see y'all, look, I was a poli-sci major, so I always have to pull my calculator out, okay? <laughs> so y'all just give me a second. So if it was $5,000, when you multiply that by 2.5, that's $12,500. For those who are the sole owner of your business, you can use a benefit called the ownership compensation replacement, okay? So the OCR, the ownership compensation replacement allows for independent contractors, sole proprietors, single member LLCs to apply for a paycheck protection program or a paycheck protection program forgivable loan, use those resources to compensate you for the revenue, right? So for the business income that you lost due to COVID. They can allow you to do this up to $20,833. So that's the maximum amount of benefit that you can get in forgivable loans. And the greatest thing about it is the forgiveness application is one page if it's $20,833 um, or fewer. It's one page, it's called the easy form. And you essentially self-certify that you use the money to supplement the income you lost because of COVID. Kenzie, real quick, the EIDL loan, um, you said, is, do we know the parameters as far as interest on when we have to pay, the, when we have to pay it back? It's, it's so for the EIDL loans, not the grant. So the $10,000, y'all just want to be very clear. $10,000 is a grant. Mm -hmm. And then if you do decide to accept the loan, for nonprofits, the interest rate is 2.5%. Mm -hmm. And for for-profits, it's 3.5% once yeah, interest kicks in. Kizzy, let me, let me ask you this. Um, to um, switch topics a little bit. That was a lot of game. And that's one of the things I'm really hoping people, um, you know, really realize the dollar saved is a dollar earned. Like right now, I'm very interested in all kinds of tax strategy. We talk to our accountant in this mm -hmm. business all the time, especially like at the last week of the year, trying to figure out how to, you know, mitigate some taxes. Um, and as a business owner, that's one of the, the great things with being a business owner is that you do have a lot of leeway and, um, we talk about investing. This is an investing show, but you got to have money to invest. And one of the biggest things that hurts people is taxes. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, if you are, like you said, if you're an employee, most of the time you're at a, you're paying a much higher tax rate than an employer. Even if the employer makes three or five or 10 times more money than you, an mm -hmm. employer can make a million dollars. A business can make a million dollars and be at a 10% tax rate. An employee can make a hundred thousand dollars and be at a twenty-five percent tax 32. rate, um, <laughs> with no with no real deduction. So, and then when you add state tax, you live in New York City, you got city tax, also all kinds of property tax. So it's like for us, even you know, um, like my son is an employee of the company. He helps out with marketing. Um, we pay him. He he's a YouTube guru. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so that lowers our that lowers our tax. in the family. Yeah, that lowers our that lowers our taxable that lowers our taxable income, um, and it allows me to pay him, and he doesn't have to pay taxes on the money. So I said to say, tell me the amount. Uh, yeah, well, we did the most that we can do was twelve thousand. The, the most you can do is twelve thousand six hundred. We did twelve thousand five hundred. Yep. So, uh, so I right, so my son is um, ten years old. Ten years old, he got paid twelve thousand five hundred for the year, mm -hmm. uh, which is going in his brokerage account, mm -hmm. and will be invested. Um, it's tax-free to him uh, because it's under that guideline. 
He helped out with the company. He he interned with us. He's a paid intern. Yeah. And he, they got they they shot some ads too. They yeah, got, they, they, some ads. Gonna have they some, got some ads. We're gonna have some content coming. Yeah. The, the children the children are employed, yo. EYL kids. So I say <laughs> I say that to say um yeah, it's something that I'm very interested in as far as saving money because the more money that you save, you can invest. And like I we saved that money as a company. I didn't get to invest it personally, but it's invested for my son. Right. So if it's invested for him, it's invested for me. That's how I look at it because I don't have to give it to him. It's going to be his That's own money point. that he can have, you know, later on down exactly. the line. Yeah. We, we calculated if we did the 12-5, right? If my son is like, his birthday, he turned seven, right? So if he takes that 12-5 for the next 10 years, he's over 126,000 by the time he's 17. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's a different start than any of us really had, like, that we knew growing Huge up. Huge head so. start. It's a huge head start. And so, like, just these little things that we pick up along the way, like, we're not just taking the information, we're actually executing on it. And like you said, this is my first year of really even being on the business side because I've just been an employee um, being in education. It was like, oh, oh, this is a deduction? I'm like, oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just a different ball game. Yeah, it's so I, I encourage everybody to open up a business. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling, and as you said, uh, it's something that you can still be an employee and have a business. But we we can't talk about investing, saving money without talking about tax strategy. One of the Absolutely. best tax strategies is to have a business mm -hmm. for a variety of different reasons. Um, and once you really start to go down a rabbit hole, it's just so many mm -hmm. different things. Like you can have these tax conversations forever, and unfortunately, we don't know any of this stuff. And we're so ignorant when it comes to that. Um, ignorance isn't a bad word. People think ignorance is a bad word. It just means you don't know something. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can choose to be ignorant um, mm -hmm. or you can choose to be educated. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the, the time that we're in now, there's really no, there's no excuse to be ignorant. At one point, mm -hmm. the, you, you had no choice but to be ignorant. It was against the law to read. It was against the law to learn and stuff. Like now we all have free information. We have YouTube, we have Google, we have Market Mondays. We have all of these different resources. We have the Black Upstart. Um, so you have, to, you have to educate yourself 100%. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you a few personal um, uh, finance questions yeah. for people. Then we're going to go into question and answer. Um, so okay. this is 401k, right? This is, this is the beginning of the year. Um, the 401k is, is a lot of people's first way to start investing in the stock market, right? Most people actually... Um, the majority of their stock investment, or if they only, they, they only have one stock investment and that is the 401k, right? A lot of people don't have outside stock investments outside of a retirement plan. So what is your suggestion for people, young people, or old people, whatever, that, um, you know, might've just signed up for the 401k or are in a 401k? Um, what's your thoughts on allocation and things of that nature? No, I, I think that that's a really good question. I did want to address uh, what you all said about the tax deductions before we move forward, because I think that that's important and significant. When you live your life like a business, um, the expenses that you incur as an individual, you can, like you said, write off as a business. So like the internet that you're using on a regular basis, you already know you was going to be scrolling through Instagram, following EYL, following Ian, following Rashad, following Troy, following, like y'all said, Black Upside, but you also use your internet to run your business. Your cell phone, you're going to call your girlfriend, you're going to gossip about that guy you swipe right on and he showed up at the day, a whole catfish, but guess what else? You're going to use your cell phone to call, make business calls in order to generate business. Like when I started looking at the number of tax deductions that are available for your business, those number over 400 deductions. If you're going on vacation, 
but you're doing business for a certain percentage of time. That's no longer a business. I mean, that's no longer a vacation. That's now business travel. So when I started to reorient my mind into thinking about what are the things that I'm going to do anyway, you know, just as an individual, how can I reclassify that as my business? I was able to see how I can reduce the taxable income because you all talked about taxes being expensive. Taxes are expensive the more income that you earn because the percentage that they charge in taxes increases along with your income. With deductions, you're able to reduce that tax liability and that's what deductions really afford to you. So that was, I really like how you all talked about that. In regards to the 401k, 403b, if you're working with a nonprofit organization, uh, 401k, 403b, TSP, um, if you're self-employed, it's the IRAs, or traditional or Roth, and we can talk about that as well. The first thing that you want to do is you want to ask your employer, because a 401k is an employer-sponsored program, if they can match your contribution and how much they match per dollar. So one of my employers matched up to 6% of the salary that I was earning. So every single year, just like you said, Rashad, they're going to ask for those individuals who want to um, contribute to the 401k. And they're going to ask how much you want to contribute and how frequently. So you want to make sure that you ask those critical questions. The second thing is, the biggest mistake that I made is I did listen to my mama. Because she told me, listen, at 20 years old, you are going to be investing in your 401k. And I was telling her at 20 years old, I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm not thinking about retirement. But we know the benefits of compound interest. The earlier you get started, the more your money can go to work with you, work for you over the years. So my mom started investing in retirement at 31. She thought if I could start 11 years ahead of her, then perhaps I could retire early. But for 401ks, you want to look inside whatever your employer has set you up with initially. For me, one of the biggest mistakes I made is I looked inside of my 401k late and I saw that nearly 100% of my money was invested in money markets. So I think I heard um, maybe Ian talking about it earlier. I came in maybe about 10 minutes towards the end of the conversation, but money markets are not going to return as much as equities. So like my money is returning one or two percent a year it took me like two years to check it one or two percent a year that's equivalent to your money being invested in a savings account think about a 401k if you are actively managing your funds or you're critically thinking about what mutual funds you want to select then you should be returning at least in my opinion <laughs> at least at what the s p 500 is returning so one to two percent was too low for me so i had to go inside of my 401k look at the mutual funds that my employer has selected for me and then get smart, just like you all said. Information is on the other side of your fingertips. Get smart about what mutual funds I thought would, could perform better for me versus what my employer selected. What are some of the things that I look for? The first thing is rule of thumb. You take 110, you subtract it by however old you are right now, and whatever that resulting number is, is the percentage of equities in which your mutual fund should be invested. So you said it one more time, because I know people missed it, but it's a good formula. Yeah, yes, that's a, that's a so good you tip. take that's 110, right you subtract your age, and whatever that resulting number is, is the percentage of equities in which you should be invested. Equities is synonymous to stocks. You can have U.S. equities, which is U.S. companies. You can have non-U.S. equities, which means that that's foreign investments, that's foreign businesses that are being traded on their stock markets. So whatever that number is, equity should be represented there. Ho, ho, I just want to, I just, because that was, that was actually a very, very good, useful formula. So if you're 30 years old, that's roughly 80% 
80% of your money should be in stocks. Yep. Yeah. That's that's extremely. I, I agree. You guys that. are sleeping on it. Write that down. Write <laughs> <laughs> right. it down and make it play. In three weeks, like, oh, what was the formula? Write it down now. Write it down. Come on, yeah, Dale. Pick up your pen and pencil. We all should have one. Come on, let's go. And you shouldn't so you be in money markets until you're like seventy or eighty. I can't believe that. <laughs> is the thing about it is listen y'all give away a lot of free game so you want to look at the percentage of equities you want to get familiar with the different asset classes that are available to you so i heard ian talking about bonds you can do um real estate you can do a mixed fund so like you want to take a look at what's inside of that fund next you want to take a look at with your mutual fund what is the expense ratio because over time, the higher the expense ratio is, the more expensive it is to keep that particular mutual fund. I recommend that the expense ratio be 1% or fewer, okay? Expense ratio is what fund managers charge you to pay them to actively manage the investments within your mutual fund portfolio, okay? So that's 1%. You take that 1% and you multiply it by the money that you have invested in that account. It's important that you understand um, what type of equities are in there. So you may look at like, what is the type of fund? It may say things like large cap, mid cap, small cap. I believe Ian was talking about this earlier too. So large cap, those are the large companies that you definitely recognize their names. That's the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Microsofts, the Googles. But then during the pandemic, some of the high performers have been the mid cap companies. So one particular mid cap mutual fund that I own, two companies that were on there that returned in triple digits, Tesla was in there, Teladoc was in there. Mm -hmm. um, those were two companies that you absolutely know their name and they returned significantly. Why? Because of course we had a black swan event. No one could have predicted that we would be in the middle of a, a health pandemic, right? A health pandemic that nobody could have anticipated. And those companies that were able to serve our needs while we stayed at home, which is why they call it stay at home stocks, were able to experience tremendous growth, okay? So mid cap, mid cap. And then you have small cap companies. And so those are small capitalized, that's what that cap stands, capitalized companies, okay? So you wanna take a look at that. Another thing that I take a look at when I'm looking at mutual funds, I'm looking at the, the sectors. So we know there's 11 sectors in the stock market. Like what are the top three to four sectors within that fund? Again, one of the things that I love about what Ian said, he said, hey, these were the top three performing sectors for 2020. Technology, was it um, communications, consumer discretionary. Get comfortable in figuring out what exactly does that mean? And guess what? Google is your friend. On the other side of your fingertips, again, it's information. Don't swim in the ocean of knowledge and drown in ignorance. When we talk about technology, that's the Apple, that's the Microsoft, that's the Google. When we talk about consumer discretionary, that's Home Depot. Y'all was in your house fixing your closets, painting your walls, making your mm -hmm. house look pretty. That's McDonald's. We're not going to negotiate if you should be eating them chicken nuggets. But let me tell you something. People got tired of cooking. They went right on in that drive-thru. That's yeah. in the consumer discretionary category communications everybody was watching netflix disney plus the introduction of 5g so that's sprint i ain't gonna talk about y'all sprint folks but the call always drops 
Mirage is here. Mirage works everywhere. Mirage works everywhere. Communication <laughs> sectors. Be smart about the sectors. What are the companies that you're patronizing, that you're spending your hard-earned dollars at during the pandemic, after the pandemic, pre-pandemic? Be smart about the sectors. What are the sectors that underperform? Energy, why? That's oil, right? That's oil. You can't love Tesla and be pro-energy, too. You got to pick. <laughs> I mean, that's clean energy. You know, so you're looking at energy, you know, you're talking the planes have been grounded. What do they require? Fuel, right? When we're talking about cars, some of you aren't commuting to your nine to five. Your nine to five, you're not driving from your house to your job. You walking from your bedroom to your living room, okay? So you're not putting as much fuel in your car. Energy sector underperform right mm -hmm. so like that's ranking low so you want to take a look at those sectors and you want to see if that makes sense what are some companies that are part of those sectors and then i look at the top 10 holdings within that mutual fund because i think it's important you know what are those top 10 holdings how are they performing and then the last thing that i'll say is that yes i read the prospectus that's important you should always read the prospectus yes for some of you all it's long but if you can sit and you can watch netflix and binge watch it for three consecutive days and text your boo you can read the prospectus but i'll also look at the benchmark <laughs> because the benchmark is what the fund manager said that they were going to this particular benchmark i'm going to perform at or better than this benchmark what is the benchmark? The guys talked about it on EYL. That's why y'all in here, right? So like that might be the S&P 500, 500 publicly traded companies. That might be the Russell 2000. You know, is it a Russell 2000 growth? Is it a Russell 2000 value? It might be the Russell 2500. It might be the Russell 1000. This benchmark, if you look at, and this is a, a key that I do when I'm, I'm teaching my classes, I go to marketsft.com. Or if you have a um, child account with Fidelity um, or, you know, whatever, wherever your 401k exists, go in there. Maybe they have some resource tool. But I go to marketsft.com. I type in the stock symbol and I click performance. And when you click performance, it will show what was the benchmark for that particular mutual fund. And at what percentage did it return five years ago, three years ago, one year ago, six months ago, three months ago mm -hmm. today? if the stock market was open that day, okay? It might be 15%, 20%, right? Let's say five years ago was 15%, three years ago was 10%. Then you're gonna look at your mutual fund and you wanna see how well those fund managers put the expense ratio that they charge you, that 1%, that 0.05% to work. If their benchmark was 15%, if Russell 1000 returned 15% and your mutual fund returned 6%, they didn't even meet their benchmark. That means they set a goal that they couldn't even meet. And if they couldn't meet their goal five years, three years, two years, one years, what makes you think that they're going to meet the goal today? Mm -hmm. So when I look at the mutual fund, I always look at that benchmark and I'm always looking at the mutual fund and seeing if that percentage is higher than the goal that the fund set for itself. And that's important to look at performance long-term because like EYL said, 2020 was an amazing year for those people who got smart and got active in the market if you could afford to invest, right? Those returns, some of these mutual funds were returning 20, 30, 40, 50%. We probably cannot anticipate that that's going to happen in 2021 with the introduction of the vaccine. But if you look five years, three years, two years ago, pre-pandemic, you can see how those fund managers were managing that account absent COVID, and that could be a future indicator for their performance moving forward. What, so what, what's a, uh, not to cut you off, what, what's a mutual fund or top two that you like? Because I, I know they're going to kill us if we don't ask. <laughs> um, I like the 
Fidelity Blue Chip Girl. Um, so I believe that that is, I'm going to write down a stick to, stock tipple for that, but that's Fidelity Blue Chip Girl. And then I also like uh, BNY Melon Small Mid Cap. So that's DB Max. So D-B-M-A-X, DB Max. Okay. okay, so those are the two that I have. The Fidelity, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with the Fidelity Mid-Cap Growth one. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a very good one. Um, that was a whole, like, like yeah. and that, the information is not just for 401ks. Like, that's just broad-range investment information. Yeah. Like, she just talked about mid-cap, large-cap, small-cap, PE ratio. Looking at the holdings. Benchmarks. Yeah. A lot of stuff that I don't think we even spoke about before. Um so yeah, man, that was that was great. I, I just I just want people to fully appreciate the level of education because that was a lot, a lot of gems. Sometimes yeah. you give people so many gems, it's just like they don't fully <laughs> understand what's what's being given to them. That was like a full blueprint of actually how to break down a mutual um, fund. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, the crazy part is like to me when I was listening to it, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This sounds pretty similar to how we will research our ETFs. Well, you, once you, like I always said, like once I said, you learn about- Same process. Same yeah, process, once right? You, once you learn one, <laughs> it's, it's like learning a language. Like once you learn one thing, whether it's a mutual fund, whether it's an ETF, whether it's an individual stock, yep. it's all it's all synonymous with each other. And that's, this is what helps you. Like once you start to learn about the investment language, they're all very similar. So you can use the same the same thing in individual stocks with your brokerage, investing for your kid, doing an IRA, 401k yeah. it's, it's all very similar but the, and you know what the beautiful part is and i give you a whole lot of credit is like think about all of what she just told you like that's the homework you know what i'm saying people are like yo well y'all y'all saying like hey do your homework but what she just gave you a whole lesson of how to do the homework when it comes to uh, investing in mutual funds and shout out to everybody i see people pu- putting up that we, we we went into death about expense ratios in the, the book club but yeah, Yo, yeah. you just laid it out nah, for us. We got, we got to get keys. you. We got to get you to teach your class. <laughs> the keys. Yes, you are. Invite me. I will pull up the class. Y'all nah, know how to sure, for sure. Professor Key. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Key. We got, we got to get you. We got to get you to teach your class. You I would love you. to join. I do want to add that the one I just went into my Fidelity account. Uh, that's why I keep traditional IRA. And we were talking about four hundred one ks, but like I said, this information is transferable, mm-hmm. and that's FBGRX. Um, that's the stock ticker. So that's FBGRX, and that's Fidelity Blue Chip Growth Fund. Okay. Yeah. They give it, it's a whole lot of game. Professor Williams. A whole lot Professor of game. Williams. Let's let <laughs> He's in the building. <laughs> uh, let's do it. Let's let can we get can we let's let's get a couple questions before we wrap this up. Um so we do a, the, the last part of our show is a question and answer. So uh, we just take a couple questions and any, since it's, it's four of us, any one of us can just feel free to answer it. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to just get that in before we before we got a chance to, to let's wrap see, it let's up. Let's see, let's see. Pierre, Pierre, what's going on? You Unmute yourself, you you've been unmuted. You got, yeah, I got, I got some notes for you. What's up guys? What's, what's up, going on? How you doing? How you doing? Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year to you too. No, this is crazy. Listen, I'm in a hospital right now. I got some motorcycle accident last month. So I'm doing that. But I've been listening to y'all for like the last year. But um, I got one question. How do you determine what is high volume versus low volume being that all the companies are different sizes? Uh, If you're looking, well, if you're on TD Ameritrade, I'm probably going to have to record a video on it. But if you go to settings, you can click on equities and then it will tell you it's a 
um, tab where you can click show volume subgraph, it will literally tell you the, the volume and how much is being traded in real time. I don't okay. know how to do it on any other platform, but on TD Ameritrade, that's how you do it. All right. All right. So I got the, I got the, um, the platform dub I got, that I got from watching you guys. Yeah. Um, Pierre, right, Pierre, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'll give you another one. So, like Yahoo Finance is, is a, is a pretty good site. That uh, okay, I've been, I've been, I've been on there with the, um, the, Bollinger Bands. And yeah, yeah. So when, when you go to the price, it'll show you the value in real time, so you can see what how active it's being traded. Like it'll literally, it will tell you real time the amount of yeah. value that's being traded in and out of the position. Is there like a certain ratio between no, uh, that and market cap or high quality companies? You're not going to have to worry about the, the volume. What I was referring to was specifically was intraday trading. So if you're not trading the open or close and you're trading at 11, 25 a.m. Central, it's not a, that's a dead zone time that you want to okay. stay away from. If you're looking to long term invest, you're you're fine. As long as you trade it at buy at the open and close, you'll be fine. Um, but for intraday, make sure you're you're literally only trading the open and close. There's no oh, advantage wow. to trading that. I'm only doing long term right now. Oh, you're good. A any top two, three hundred company will have enough volume. We'll have I'm more than enough. Right now I got Apple, Alibaba, and Boeing. Um, how long have you been in Boeing? Uh I just got that today actually. You're gonna have a little downslide. It's gonna slide probably 176.25 or 176.10. Give it like 13, 14 months. It'll be back to 272, 73-ish. Okay. You're gonna have to ride it out. Um That's Alibaba. Cool. It's gonna probably drop to 188.25 and then go back up in about four or five months. And Apple is bay. So you're good there. Hey, Apple's good there. Apple's gold. Man, nice run. Nice run. I got. I got. Sit tight, and I hope you get better. Um, because of your accident, man. If we can do anything for you, please let me know. Appreciate. It. I'm in. The, I'm in. The, I'm in the backside. Of, I'm in. The, um, I'm almost there. I'm about to get released in a couple of days, actually, from the rehab. So you know, thanks for all the blessings, baby. Man, I appreciate y'all you. Y'all doing y'all thing. I appreciate y'all. Have a good night. Is Rashad talking? Or Troy, are you talking? Oh, I thought it was just me that couldn't. <laughs> oh, now we, now we was muted. My fault, my fault. No, nah, I said, so we had some submitted questions um, from our Facebook group. Shout out to everybody in the Facebook group. And so I read one for one of our top earners. Boss had a question. He said, um, should you dollar cost average on ETFs like ARKK and indexes like BOOO on a monthly basis despite the price of them? Ian, Ian how you feel about that? Um, if you can get one superior price, so should you load the boat or dollar cost average? If you don't know of a specific price to get in, um, yes, you should dollar cost average. Um, if you have a chance to get in at a superior price, I would do that. So let's take a look at like VOO. So hypothetically, if you can catch VOO at like 250 bucks or 249 bucks, that'd be a good place to load if we drop that far. Um, even maybe 275. But other than that, the habit of buying every month is better. Your gains will be higher mm -hmm. if you can catch it like how we did in March or April. But remember that you want to get to that goal of 10,000 shares. Like it doesn't matter if you caught, you know, Apple at the equivalent of 110 and then you only have nine shares in it. So, um, 
Yes, I would dollar cost average if you are worried. The biggest days when the market drops usually would be between Tuesday and Thursday. I will look to buy on those days and stay away from buying on Friday and Monday if you're looking to long-term invest. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you guys have talked about um, fractional share investing. You can so talk about I know she, yeah, 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 well, fractional share. So like VOO, that's the an S&P 500 ETF mm-hmm. with Vanguard mm-hmm. um, for those new investors. So that is an ETF that tracks the S&P 500, which is a major index. Um, so there's a VOO. If you heard the SPY, that's also another one. But in regards to dollar cost averaging, as Ian said, dollar cost averaging is just finding a time every other week, every month to consistently invest in the stock market where the stock market is going down or whether it's going up. And the whole ideology around dollar cost averaging is since you're doing it consistently and no one can predict um, a market drop or even a market correction that you benefit long-term because it goes down and it goes up. So your consistency and your discipline pays off. Now, I know some folks get sticker shock. So you see the 300 plus dollar sign per share and you you look at your budget and you be like, the way that my dollars are counting up, I might got 20, you know, I might got 40, 50, but I don't got $300. So you sit it out. The great thing about fractional share investments is that you can buy a piece of a share, okay? You can buy a piece of a share and uh, um, have some form of ownership in it. So it's like if a one share costs 300, you can buy 10% of that total share. And every single time you get paid, you just put a little something on it. It's a little bit like layaway. Y'all know layaway. I used to wear a pair of suit goes. Guys, y'all remember pair of suit goes? My <laughs> girl ain't got no butt major butt with me. So I had like, I had like three pairs. But you know, you put a little, it was expensive. So I had to put a little something on it. It was like layaway until I can get the jeans out of layaway. For fractional shares, it allows for you to put a little something on shares that may be too expensive for your budget at that point where you can't buy a whole share every other paycheck. And with time, you own a whole share and you start that whole process again. So don't let the, the cost of the share disqualify from you from being, from being active in the stock market. Shout out to fractional shares. Thank you for, for answering my question. <laughs> Boss, I appreciate it. We got happy, you, happy New Year. Happy New Year, my guy. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, we got uh, another one from uh, Marlon Anthony. Um, He said, thoughts on the trajectory of Bitcoin and other crypto. Oh, he's there? Oh, Marlon, go ahead. I ain't know if he's going to unmute yourself. Unmute yourself, bro. You've been unmuted. What's up? What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing, man? How are you? I'm I'm great. And thank you, everybody, for the gems. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce your name, sweetheart, but you've been killing it tonight, and me and my wife are soaking it all up. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, my question, you know, Bitcoin and cryptos are the the wave right now and the, the big news. What do you guys think is the, the way to approach that with Bitcoin being at a high, with Ripple basically, you know, getting de whatever, deregulated, monetized, whatever it happened with Ripple and Ethereum? Like, what do y'all see with that? And is dollar cost averaging good when it comes to um, cryptocurrency? Shark, you want to kick it off first? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so, um, so uh, first and foremost, great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. glad you asked that question because that is the hottest thing on the streets right now. Um, it uh, Shout out to Kenny Burns, first and foremost. Um, I'm a weekly contributor on a V103 in Atlanta, and I spoke about uh, Bitcoin today. It, uh, it was $3,800 in March, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it peaked 
uh, I think it was high as it got to it was thirty three thousand. No, today it got up to thirty four five. Thirty four five. What is it at right now? It's at thirty three thousand. Thirty three. Right so now it's at thirty three thousand. No, it's right now. Sleep, um, Bitcoin, the unstoppable Bitcoin it will not. It will not be stopped. You can put me on. This is just my own personal opinion. I'm not speaking for Earn Your Leisure or Market Monday. <laughs> I'm speaking for me personally. Bitcoin will not be stopped. It's on its path to fifty thousand, and it's on its path to a hundred thousand. But, but. The same rules apply with all investments. Yeah. Don't buy high. Do not buy at an all-time high, which it is at its all-time high right now. Close to its all-time high, you don't want to buy. One thing about crypto and any invest. this is the good thing about investments. You learn about investments. You learn about all kinds of investments. We know that the stock market always has pullbacks. Ian always says it's always going to pull back. Pull back. Mm -hmm. Stock market always has, every month it's a pullback. Usually a correction is 10%. The thing with crypto is this, it's the stock market on steroids. So like the stock market, crypto doesn't close. It's 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. It moves at a very fast pace. The pullbacks are more dramatic. So a pullback in crypto might be 20, 30, 40%. And that's like normal. We've experienced that's conservative, yeah. We've, yeah. Now we've experienced that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say that to say, it's highly unlikely that Bitcoin doesn't have a major pullback in 2021. Yeah. 24,000 is a good area that if you guys are looking. What what'd you say? Twenty four thousand. Twenty four thousand. So 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 I say that to say, um, if you're looking to invest in Bitcoin, you might just want to just wait for a pullback. Yeah. Be patient. All investments pull back. The reason why all investments pull back is because investors want to take profit. That's really Number what it comes reason. down to. Yeah. Like when something has run up, if you got it at thirty eight hundred, and it's at thirty two thousand right now, yeah. no matter how enthusiastic you are about the future of Bitcoin, yeah. mm -hmm. you might be tempted in taking. You made a lot of money. Yeah. So it, it's it's low for twenty twenty was fifty three hundred, and now we're at it went up to thirty five. I think so, it got low. Did, did it get lower than that? No, no, twenty twenty. No, no. In March, the Bitcoin future went to forty five hundred. Yeah, it went to 43.23, so adjusted yeah. that, yeah, it'd be like 45.10, something yeah. like that. So, I mean, it ran up, but again, so Bitcoin was up 300%, right? But Ethereum, the number two coin, was up 600%. Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum, and so like, if you know if you know the blockchain, and if you know cryptocurrency, you, you know that Ethereum is one of those, those platforms where it's built to have other things built on top of it. So a lot of coins and a lot of things are built from the Ethereum coin, so... Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, a very interesting space. Um, you gotta be patient and, and you gotta be disciplined. But like you said, when you know one discipline, you know the other. And so before I even knew fractional shares in the stock market, we were doing fractional shares in cryptocurrency. We were like, yo, we can't buy one Bitcoin at the time. Yo, let's just get a piece of it. Yo, we can't get it. In, let's just get a piece of it. So we were doing the fractional shares with those before we even knew that, yo, you can get a fractional share of Amazon. Um, but you know me, man. So that... The cryptocurrency space is great. Um, and I just had this conversation with Jamal. You can still find some space in the stock market from, from Bitcoin. Um, and I don't, I think it might've went over people's heads, but that PayPal situation is a, is a real thing. So yeah. if, if you didn't hear the news on that, and if you sleep on it, uh, PayPal was now allowing you to buy, sell and hold cryptocurrencies. And so I'm just, I just want to give you a little bit of numbers on it. So PayPal has over 345 million customers. And they have 200, they have 26 million merchants. So 26 million merchants throughout the world. And they're now allowing you to use cryptocurrency to pay and trade. Um, and they turn it to fiat currency. So that's huge. That's huge. Uh, yeah. Also, if you guys want a cheaper version, you, you can look at GPTC, which is a great scale Bitcoin trust. Um, somewhere around the... Uh, 
25 area would, would be decent if you're looking to get in long term um, or around the maybe 19 area. Maybe 19 year would be good. March, a correction. March 12, Bitcoin did hit $3,800. Yeah. But okay. Not, <laughs> I was wrong. Not, but here's, here's the thing, though. No, 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 but here's the thing. So, like, depending on the platform that you trade on, and that's the thing with cryptocurrency. Like, I can go to Binance and it'll be 4,500, right? And I, you could go to Coinbase and it could be 4,100. So, it just depends on what you're looking at. And that, that is not unique to the stock market, right? The price is the price. It doesn't matter which brokerage you buy from, the price is the price. Depending on the brokerage in this space, you never know, right? They could have it at 36000 and they could have it at thirty-four. So So that's- Also too, that. yeah, but back to that drawdown point. I know, so dollar cost averaging, yes. You still need to go look at what that drawdown is because if you can't handle a 70% drop, <laughs> you shouldn't touch it. And it should probably only be 20% max of your portfolio. And that's if you are a Bitcoin believer and have been for- five or six years um but if you can't handle a, a 50 percent, 80 percent drawdown don't touch it but two weeks ago i said whatever you believe in you should be willing to hold it for 10 years if you do it'll pan out uh pretty well for you but i if you guys are gonna stay away from the, from the altcoins I'll, I'll say that because once this run is up and the market eases a lot of this Buying and everyone's the retail traders like us are piggybacking off the institutionals. It's part of the Jones Square. Everyone else is getting behind it. Um, but when this turns over and then the market stabilizes and then the COVID vaccine is great and everyone goes back to work, you're going to see a little bit of a dip. So people are playing this as part of a hedge um, as well. So be careful. Do not buy at the high of where it is now. Um, but you can do what you want to do. <laughs> XRP's in trouble. Big trouble. XRP mm -hmm. in big trouble. So stay stay away from that, huh? Yeah, they're in big trouble. I man. mean, yeah, they got, if they yeah. if they get kicked off Coinbase, which is an American exchange, that's not good. That's that's never good, right? I mean, it's never good when when government regulators come. First and foremost, we gotta you know um, send our prayers out to Jack Ma. It's a very uh, yeah yeah. I don't want to touch on that, but that's that's a very strange situation. What's going on right now? One of the richest people in the world has been missing for two months after he spoke about the Chinese government. But it just goes to show you, I mean, obviously that's an extreme level of, you know, the government is a little different than America, but um, when the government is after you, it's never good. Mm. Yeah. It's never good. It could be extremely bad, like something that could happen in China, Russia, but just from like an American standpoint, your company, it's like nobody's bigger than the government. It's yeah. like when they used to say, like, no player is bigger than the team. The problem, yep. a lot of CEOs and a lot of this is extremely important. Even when you start making money online and you flash it, just pay your taxes. Because no matter how much money you get, even if, even if you're the richest person in the world, you're still not bigger than the government. This yeah. is why Trump wanted to become president. Because, like, politicians and government, shadow government, I don't even want to go into that. But yeah, please don't. Government, the government has power that companies will never have. They will never have as much power as the government. So, and the Jack Ma situation is a perfect example of that the richest man in China, you can't, some things yeah. you just can't say. Yeah, they, they wanted to, to deregulate. They, they said his company was growing too fast, right? They, and they were about to put out the, the Ant Group, the, the FinTech company was about to IPO for what, 34 billion in? Mm -hmm. The largest IPO in the history of the world? Yep. And he said, nope, 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 slow down. And um, yeah, we haven't heard from him since October. Hopefully he's laying low somewhere and um, he, uh, he'll appear. Hopefully. Hopefully. We're praying for him. 
God willing. God willing. Yeah, but, uh, My grandmother used to always say there's someone bigger and better than you. There's certain forces you cannot face and go against. It's just not worth it. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully he's okay. Um, do you want to have one more question or? Yep, let's do one more. Let's, let's do one more. Uh, let's see. Let's go here. Lachelle. Lachelle, you've been unmuted. Unmute yourself. What's going on? Oh, Lachelle, you, you guys should go through the Russell 3000 over the next Hello week. There. There. Hey. hey, how are you? Hey, everybody. How are y'all doing? Oh, my gosh. Thanks for answering me. Um, I really just had a question in regards. It's funny, like, my kids, they're mad at me because they both start working. And I've been taking, I like, I just give them $25 and $50 and put their money in the stock market. Like, you'll, you'll think me Ooh, later. you're a good parent. <laughs> but they, 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 they kind of salty. I said, I asked them, what do you want? One said an iPhone, one said PlayStation 5. I bought one Sony. I bought the other one Apple. That's dope. There you go, mom. <laughs> there you go, mom. That's dope. Um, but I'm definitely very, very, very new to this. And I'm really trying to understand options. And I've been trying to watch, I've, I'm a recent earner. So I've been trying to go back, but I don't be wanting to miss anything <laughs> like tonight. I'm like, okay, I got to stop. I got to see what they're doing tonight because it's live. <laughs> but I'm really trying to understand how to work options and how to learn it. I feel like I've gotten some knowledge, but not as much as I need to know. Are you willing to practice before you enter that arena? Because the, yes. the options and market that existed in 2020 will not be avail available in 2021. Okay. Okay. And that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to paper trade. How many paper trades have you done so far? I'm confused by looking at them, uh, by looking at it. So I signed up for Webull and then I signed up, um, I have a Fidelity and then I can't do it on Vanguard or Fidelity. And I did another one with TD Ameritrade, but it's confusing to me. I'm like, wait, this doesn't look like Robinhood, but I, I hate Robinhood. Okay. Do me a favor, take a hundred practice trades. If you complete the hundred, I'll buy the iPhone for your kid. The reason I say that, because I don't want you to blow through your back. Okay. And the, there are probably at least 80 people that I talked to that liquidated funds and started trading with the futures options, penny stock okay. crypto, and lost it all. Okay. So paper trade, at least 100. I'm going to be real. Okay. For my traders, you know this. If you want to, you can go through 100 practice trades in two weeks if you want to. Okay. Just create okay. multiple accounts. And, and also with options, I mean, everybody's strategy is different, even like... You know, I, I'm in options, but I don't like to trade options. I don't really like to trade them. You know, I'm more long-term playing. I like ETFs. I try to stay away from stocks. <laughs> even even in my individual um, investments, just regular stock, I don't, really like, I don't really like to have too many stocks. I feel like, especially with options, because the option, it, it moves up a lot and it moves down sharply. Right. Um, and when you're in individual stocks, that's more so kind of gambling in a sense, because it's like, you can still have the best company in the world, but you know, a variety of different factors can cause that company to go down. If, if you don't have, have an edge. Yeah. yeah. If you have yeah. a strong, yeah. It's all, I've, and I've definitely, I've, I've been listening to you all. I've been dumping like all of this stimulus money definitely is going to ETFs. Cause I feel like I can't, I can't beat an ETF. 
unless I'm a, some guru and I'm far from that. Yeah, but, um, so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you could do options ETFs as well. So like okay. you can invest in regular ETFs mm-hmm. um, and you can do options ETFs as well, which just gives you a little bit more. It sounds like you just starting out. So you want to give yourself as much security as you possibly can. The longer okay. that, the longer the time frame out, the more security um, ETFs, as opposed to individual stocks, more security. So, as opposed to like me, like a couple ETFs that I own personally, ARK, SMH, QQQ, um, you know, I feel comfortable with those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, the individual stocks, they, they, they move up, they can move down. Like I said, it could be a, it could be a good company, but mm-hmm. individual stocks move at a different pattern than ETFs because they're, they're, they're just one singular where ETF is an entire basket. So even gotcha. if Tesla starts to decline, ARC could still potentially, you know, stay stable because Tesla only makes up, I think, 10% of ARC. It's not the whole entire portfolio. Mm-hmm. So you're just hedging, you're hedging your bet for lack of a better word. Um, so that works for me. Everybody's strategy is different, yeah. but that works for me. And that's something that I feel comfortable with, um, especially when I, when I do option investing. Um, I don't like to use the word trade too much, but when I do options investing, I like to more have so guarantee. So I'm going to invest close to the strike price long-term out ETFs. Troy likes to do stocks. Troy does individual stocks. Jamal does individual. Everybody else does individual stocks, but I don't really like to do individual stocks. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, I do, I do yeah. ETFs, and I yeah. want to come on, in Hold on, hold on. Because I think... Put me under the bus? Like, I, mean, <laughs> I think one of the questions... That we <laughs> like, should I do both. Ask, I'm just saying... You, I, in, I think one of the questions we should ask Lachelle is like, what, what is her plan? What is her, yeah. her strategy? You know, the first thing you said, I want to do options trading, but you also talked about you wanted to invest on behalf of your kids. Like, uh, speaking about your children, one of the things that I know EYL has talked about consistently is the UGMA account, the UTMA accounts, but then also mm-hmm. my personal favorite, the custodial Roth IRA accounts. And that's what I did. That's did yeah. custodial Roth yes. IRA account? That's what I prefer because I hired them for my business. So I definitely maxed out that um, 12,000, I think, was it 12,400, 12,500? I maxed that out for them. And I put it, I'm like, they're employees um, and then their their money from, so that's in like their savings, but their money from their work. Cause I think if I'm not mistaken, what I, what I, because it's a at home business, what I pay them, I can't put in their Roth because they're not taxed yeah, on it. Because Roth IRA requires earned income. So exactly. Out, yeah. It's doing work when they earn that money, you can deposit that within the Roth yeah. IRA account. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay, I could be mistaken. Please correct me because if that's the case, I will pull it out of the savings. I was under the impression that because there, it's a a parent's at home business that I even though it's earned, they're not paying taxes on it, so I couldn't put that in their Roth. But they both worked at like McDonald's and then another place, this tavern, and I take their payroll and I invest that in their Roth. You could put it in the Roth up to the amount of money that they make. The most you can put okay. into the Roth, I think, this year is six thousand. Like six thousand. Yeah, it's six thousand yeah. dollars. Up, up, yes. up to the up to the income that they receive, you can put into the Roth. Right. Okay. When you're talking about also the investments that you're making with your children, I love. I'm I'm on Rashad's team. Like I love ETFs, but you can also do sector specific ETFs. Mm-hmm. So Vanguard. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned technology has a sector specific uh, tech ETF VGT. Yeah, VGT. 
Yes, VGT. And then also if you're talking about ETFs and you want to get a little risky with it, though I don't highly recommend it, you do have leveraged ETFs while we're talking about exchange traded funds. Usually people buy the leveraged ETFs and you know they, they only hold it for a short, short term. So it's not like VOO or SPY where you hold it for a long term, but like UDAO, for example, UDAO is a leveraged ETF that tracks the performance of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Dow Jones, and seeks to beat it three times every single day. So if the Dow is up three points, it's going to try to be up nine points. And so that's a way still for you to maybe reduce your risk. It's still very risky, um, mm -hmm. but it's a way for you not to just jump feet first into options trading. Yeah. And, and Michelle, just last thing, um, uh, the site that we use, and I think we spoke about it like maybe two or three weeks ago, ETFDB is, mm -hmm. a, is a great place to start when you want to search ETFs. Um, yeah. If you go back in, in Market Mondays, uh, you'll see like we break it down and we show you exactly how to find the holdings and the performance over the past week, 10, five year, three year. And then, like I said, once you go down one rabbit hole, it opens up another because then you can. And that was, yeah, I was actually watching it <laughs> that day. Okay. And so I, like I have everything, like all my windows is up every day, all day. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. And I'm loving it. I just I want to give a shout out to Vincent because Vincent definitely told me about y'all. He told me about y'all a while ago. And I was just hesitant because you got so many pop up. Everybody's who think they going to. Do this, that, and the There's other. There's too many of them. And I was just yes. like, no, like Vincent, I'm not gonna, Vincent, I'm not paying Vincent, you. Vincent X McDonald. Vincent McDonald. Yes, Vincent McDonald. Hi, yellow. What's up, mm -hmm. bro? Ben, what up? Ben, <laughs> what up? You finally did something useful, Ben. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, I, he he used to tell me, go ahead, do it, do it, do it. And I remember him posting and posting, and and then last last year, you you were like, hey, this is the this is the lowest is ever going to be. It's only going up from here. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so thank you i'm definitely trying to catch all the jewels i'm so excited y'all picked me because i was literally about to run downstairs and then i was like oh wait they said my name <laughs> yeah i'm glad you and then for, for all traders breaks uh, yeah i want to remind you only put 20 percent of your money max in the trading and then if you don't know how many trades out of 100 you'll win you should not trade okay. you have to know that i don't want anybody to gamble because i know everyone's trading crazy and then you ask them how did you do last year? What's your net worth? A lot of people go quiet. People don't, like many of you have not had the misfortune to talk to somebody that's lost half a million dollars in your trading. So the shit sound cute until they lost their house and got divorced. That's real talk. Y'all don't have them conversations. That's real mm -hmm. talk. Don't. So, and it's like, oh, well, Apple don't go up enough, but now you lost your house, your kids, your wife. Yeah. You have to be careful. People aren't telling those stories on Instagram. So be careful, but I want people to trade, but only after they put the work in. And then once you take 100 trade, you should know your Sertino index, also index. You should know your average time in the market. You should know uh, when you're going to lose, uh, what market conditions are favorable to you, which ones are not, how to see a counter trade, how to, like, there's so much you need to be able to see opposed to just jumping out there because I, I don't want you to call back in in two months and be like, hey, I lost everything I've saved up or half of it in a 30-day period, which is more than likely. So, so we appreciate you. Thank you. There you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, before we wrap, yeah, the Georgia, I think the Georgia election is tonight, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, that is definitely going to happen. Georgia that's, runoff, that's, please. It's going to be very important for the stock market. Absolutely. Um, if the Democrats win, a lot of people are scared that... Um, Capital gains. That is a big situation. Capital gains is if you're an investor, potentially. potentially. Um, 
something to think about. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the Republicans, if they win, all kinds of stuff is going to happen, probably. So, divided government. Yeah, yeah, divided, yeah, divided so again. Participate in the political process. Um, but Keely, it's been a pleasure. I want to give you the first word out. Um, first and foremost, thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, was, seriously. You know, you never disappoint. I already Ever. knew. I knew. Ever. Some people, it's not even like, you know, you, Ash, Cash, people like that. It's like, you don't even got to be worried about. I knew it was going to come. <laughs> but uh, you're, you, you actually, I'm be honest, you actually... Um, I knew that you, I knew that you knew so much stuff, but I didn't know that you was a seasoned investor like that. Also, like, you know, a lot about investing. Like, you know, that. a lot. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was, that was thoroughly, um, impressive and very educational as far as the mid cap, the large cap, yeah. the, the, all of that, that you broke down. Took us to school I, tonight. I hope, I hope, I hope people, um, really took notes, took notes. So, yo, can we, can we get like an emoji? Book? Can we put keys in it? Let's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to put keys <laughs> in the chat. If y'all want Kezia to come back. <laughs> I would love That's to come back. a new emoji. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you have to come back. I'm going to force you now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to play bully ball. You have to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the, all the keys, you see them. I know you see them. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. what, would you like to tell, what would you like to tell the people before we, before we leave? And tell your Instagram, too. A lot of people are asking for your Instagram. We'll sure. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for having me um, on your show. I think this is the first show of the new year. So like, yes, thank you yeah, so yeah, much yeah. Um, yeah. for having me whenever EYL guys come on. I'm always like, yes. Um, and hopefully we're working on some exciting projects um, this year. So just wait for that. Um, closing words. I did, <laughs> I did finally publish my book, guys. So I have the Black Entrepreneur's Workbook. And that walks you through the six steps that you need to start your business. And it also breaks down 400 plus tax deductions. So we talked about that adjusted gross income. So that's in there. And the entire book is centered around uh, black case studies. And so it tells you how to turn the obstacle of racism into profitable opportunities. So that's available for sale now, professorkeys.com. Um, also follow me on at Kezia, K-E-Z-I-A-M-W. Um, also follow my business page the black upstart i hope for 2021 that cash flows like water in your life that your paycheck feels like play money i'm claiming that in 2021 we will be the first millionaires multi-millionaires in our family thank you eyl thank you rashad thank you troy thank you ian for having me and y'all have a good evening <laughs> i do have a follow-up question before I gotta do my tablet <laughs> what um <laughs> what, what what are some of the top <laughs> I have to try and over deliver. You can buy for black Damn. people. You going now? They're like, oh, but I got no, no, no. Pay. Seriously, well, and then we'll wrap up church real quick. Now, what, what you have a pulse on black business like no other. What are some of the businesses in this decade you think people should stay away from? Um, because you you've interacted with thousands and thousands of companies, and not everyone is doing well. What are just some some industries or businesses that don't work anymore or have a higher probability of of failing within the first two or three years? Oh, oh, that's a good one. I would like to reverse that question. Like, what are the ones that are performing well? And I would say the ones that are capitalizing off of Black dollars. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I read for one, for fun is the Nielsen Consumer Index Report. Yes. And when you look at the top 10 products that Black people buy, so detergents, the unsexy stuff, gum, contraceptives, um, refrigerated drinks, you know, these are things that are on that list. And you look at the types of businesses 
that Black people start, which starts with, uh, I believe, uh, waste remediation, professional services, not a bad way to be in there. But, you know, when you look at what we buy and you look at the type of businesses that we start, there's no alignment. So when I read data, like the average Black-owned business will not gross over six figures in business receipts, though we have more entrepreneurs in the marketplace than other minority groups and their business income is double, triple hours. The yeah. thing that's the difference is that they're starting businesses in black communities and capitalizing off of the black dollar in ways that we are not. And so when I talk to black entrepreneurs, I also I always tell them, be intentional about researching where black dollars already flow. There's $1.3 trillion already there. So to answer your question on the flip side, what are the businesses that I think are, are primed to perform well in 2021? Look at where that money is flowing. Look at where that dollar is flowing. Open your business there. Create a product or service that we're already buying so that you can start a business in 2021 and not trying to monetize a hobby. There you have I it. I love it. That's media training at its finest. Monetize a hobby. Don't yeah. monetize a hobby. <laughs> consumer, the Nelson Consumer Index. The Nelson, consu the Nelson Consumer Index Report, N-I-E-L-S-E-N. -E Every two years, they do a report on Black spending and also- it's Fascinating. Nielsen, like this, the, the same thing that, that monitors TV rating? Yes. Okay, they, monitor, they monitor spending. And they talk about the top industries in which people perform. They do reports on women. They do reports on Asians, um, they, Hispanic Americans, and Black. It will give you a competitive advantage for your investors. Absolutely, yep. one hundred percent. She's so. doing it for fun. Professor Williams. Black Black woman magic. That's a big fact. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ian, what, shout out, shout out to the legendary Kezia, man. She never, Kezia she Williams. Never, she never. Her energy's amazing. Uh, I told you it's contagious. I told you, I'm like, yo, she's, <laughs> she's, she's the one, man. She's special. Some people are just special, and she's definitely special. Um, well, let's let's give Ian the last word. Troy, what would you like to tell people? Yo, man. Uh, again, 2021 obviously is a new year, but we are still facing some of the same problems. So I'm always going to encourage you to reach out to somebody, especially in these times, man. I, I think people are remiss um, when it comes to this pandemic, man. We are losing more people than we ever have. Yeah. Um, as recent as yesterday. Um, and if, if you look at the reports of what's going on in California right now, it's going to be a trying week um, in LA County. So prayers up for everybody that is facing this and all of our uh, medical professionals that are out there that are combating this to make sure that we stay safe. Our prayers up for you, but again, reach out, man, and uh, you know, contact somebody. I know we said give to somebody because it was the holiday season, but giving, like Ian said tonight, man, that should be a daily thing or a weekly thing um, that you should be practicing and actually uh, executing it on, man. Because again, the blessings, however they come back, will come back. Um, the, the LA thing is confusing to me. Yeah. It has the strictest lockdown in America in the highest COVID rate. No one's staying in LA. You talk to anybody in LA? They we house had, party crate hopping like crazy. House parties is going crazy. We had know. we had it in New York in, in um April. What? We had the highest. Rate. We didn't have the, we didn't have the strictest lockdown though. Yeah, we did. Not not. Shut, they shut it down. To all my California people, please be careful. Like I've known, I maybe eight people in the last three weeks that have had COVID, and I'm deathly afraid of the second strain. Yeah, I think New York just found they they just uh, today uh, that that mutated strand they got the first case here in New York. So, you know, it, it's it's crazy times, man. So everybody just be safe, man. Mask up, wear gloves. Miami, do, do whatever Miami, you gotta do. Protect Miami's yourself. Open, fully open for business. Fully open for business. Alarmingly, 
open for mm-hmm. business. Be safe out there. Definitely. Houston, I heard, is open too. Yeah. Houston been open. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, goodness. What would, you, what, what would you like to tell the people? Um, I love you guys so much. I'm happy to be back. Um, if I can do anything to help you, let me know. For my investors, um, let's dig in deep. Go through your research. I want you to look at the entire market. Russell 2000, Dow, S&P 500, Nikkei. Um, if you go through the Russell 3000, which you'll be surprised, Russell 2000 probably have 40 companies that outperformed the market four or five X. You'll be able to find some gems there, but you have to dig in deep. Um, take care of your health. I know you guys don't want to hear this. Stay in. Because if there's a secondary strain, the possibility of a third one coming out later this year is very probable. If you're looking at like a stats base or S curve or bell curve, it's over 45% probability. Um, and I hope that we don't go through the same thing we went through last year, but it's looking likely. So be careful. Be careful. And I appreciate y'all dearly. I was going to wear pink too. I was going to hit the camera on pink and change it at the last minute. Um, but, hey, but, yo, can we take one moment to acknowledge the greatest shoe of all time? Of course. And kudos <laughs> to my people at Rock Nation. I appreciate y'all. Yo, man. It, love is love. Y'all know how we Shout do. Shout out to Stillmatic, too. Shout out to oh, that's Still. A fact. Somebody put that up earlier from, from Illmatic to Stillmatic. Shout out to Stillmatic. Well, what's the other album over there? That's uh, Beautiful Dog, Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, I got a hot take, but I don't want to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got a hot take on, on, on that album. I'm a chill, though. Uh, Chris Rock said that's the best rap album of all time. I'm not going to argue with Chris Rock. His... his, his it's the bag is bigger than mine and level classic. of talent too. It's a masterpiece. It's a classic album. It's a masterpiece. Still, so is still Matic. So Matic. Still Matic is underrated. Ether. Ether is, that I mean, it's Ether, classic. That one mic, that you're the man. That was a rewind. rewind. Yeah. You're the man, probably my favorite off there. Yeah. Rewind's yeah. probably one of the most creative songs ever written. Shout out to Esco, man. That was a strong comeback. They thought he was dead. And uh, that was a strong, strong read. Somebody said, Court is the best shoe of all time, huh? Yeah, I would agree. I think the Bo Jackson's the orange and blue. Come on, we get we yo we gonna get we gonna gradually get them to that point, bro. Don't get them that, everything. That orange and blue is it's coming, bro. You know, I'm from Chad. Bro. What's your favorite sneaker of all time? The, the Concord is hard to beat. Hey, yo, Shout out to the- everybody you see in Cali. when we used to go to Turkey tournament, y'all had the red and black ones killing. Oh my lord, yo, got it on fire. Everything, man. Look, we I, I I'm a I'm a diehard sneakerhead, man. So we're gonna we're gonna take y'all through a journey. We're gonna take y'all through a journey through this kick game. Man, if you if you got something I can get off you, um, instead of going to, you know, about 12 and a half, let me know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Sal, look at Shot. He ain't gonna send me no J's. Come on, family. You keeping all the J's. What, what size you wear? Say 12, 12 and a half. Oh, that's not even a real size. That's, that's not. Like, it's only yeah, 12 or 13. It's only 12 or 13. Specialized. I'm specialized. New yeah, balance. You gotta wear new balance. That's like very, no, very I ain't doing a new balance. Don't, don't do me. You, you really do. wear 12 and a half? Where do you get sneakers from? Um, I can't say that. Well, order. Well, I have to like adjust. I have to like adjust and either do like die in a, die in a 12 or get the 13. Yeah, because that's like, yeah. yo, that, that's the part. After 12, they it's stop making halves. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's tricky. You got to be highly connected to get a 12 and a half. Yeah, you got to have a plug. <laughs> yo, man, love is love. I'm telling you, Ian, Ian wearing sneakers right now under the suit. No, I'm not. But I do got on some, some track pants, though. <laughs> Kill him. No more shorts, track pants under here, baby. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. All right, y'all. Love is love, man. We will see y'all uh, on Wednesday as far as EYL University. Tomo- and tomorrow, 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 a big one. Five o'clock. The Five big o'clock. one. Tap in, tap in, man. Hey, y'all. Uh, y'all going to learn a lot. Him 500 is that guy. Shout out to Marcus Barney. They call him 
the big Barney now. <laughs> That's funny. Million dollar winners and all that. Yo, love is love. We're going to catch y'all. Peace. Peace. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.